Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app that shows you the value of your card collection. Scan and catalog your cards, follow other users, and buy and sell with other collectors. That's Collects, C-O-L-L-X. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast where we talk TTM's cards, collecting autographs, and anything else that Drew wants to talk about. That's that, that's in his contract. It is Season 5, Episode 17. It is Saturday, April 29th. Back Backstory, we're recording this on Friday night on the 28th, but we will be playing it on the 29th. So welcome, everyone. My name is Jeff Baker. I am the host of the Fine Fine program, and you're listening to Nationally Ranked Sports Card Podcast, hosted by me. And I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, and co-hosted by my friend in Dallas, Texas, Mr. Drew Pelto. Hey, Drew. Hey, good to be here. Well, you're not really in Dallas, right? You're in Arlington? Yeah, I'm in between Dallas and Fort Worth there. So, yeah. I mean, I actually messaged during the national championship game a few years ago. It was played at AT&T Stadium. All the Ohio State broadcasters on the radio were talking about being in Dallas. I even tweeted them. I'm like... This isn't Dallas. This is Arlington. You guys go out of your way, bending over backwards to refer to the Fiesta Bowl as being in Glendale, Arizona, as opposed to Phoenix. You can do the same thing for Dallas and Arlington. And after halftime, they started changing it went with Arlington. So, Oh, very good. See? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> very I got good. through to them. Carrying the flag for Arlington, Texas. So yep. it is the Dallas-Fort Worth area. area. Yes. And, of course, he is DFW Graffer. We're talking to Drew. Of course, he has a great YouTube channel. Drew, you're getting a lot more um, plays recently, huh? Yeah, it gets more plays, more comments, all that. It's always great to have some uh, interaction going on there. So make sure if you check out one of my videos, you know, leave a comment on there. Let me know that you're there and uh, questions, comments, anything like that are always welcome. Yeah, you can always comment on Drew's hats. Yes. He's got to wear it. Did you have you worn the fez on the on the uh, your videos yet? I haven't yet. That, okay. I know what I'm doing then once my uh, once the mail gets here then for today's one. So there we go. There It'll make go. an appearance now. We're in the Fez. So check him out. DFW Graffer on YouTube. He has me uh, post a, at least a weekly YouTube, sometimes more. Make sure you check it out. Follow him on uh, on Twitter as well. And Drew has great posts. So uh, welcome, Drew. Um, been kind of a up and down week in terms of thing. a lot of things going on in sports, right? We have the yeah. uh, playoffs, the NBA playoffs. My Celtics put away the Atlanta Hawks last night. We have the Bruins going against the, uh, the the these crazy Florida Panthers who are playing great, yeah. and uh, I I think the Panthers might tie it up tonight. I'm I'm the worst I'm going to the worst predictor out there, but the playoffs have been good. The hockey playoffs have been pretty good. The Edmonton LA Kings series is very good. Your your Colorado, Colorado Avalanche are not playing that well. I, yeah, that's I, been we a saw real that, surprise. We saw that coming though, didn't we? A little bit. I mean, there's always there can always be a little bit of a Stanley Cup hangover and. Just look at how many injuries they've dealt with all year. I mean, Gabriel Landeskog is still out of the lineup. Now you've got this whole thing going on with Valerie Nachushkin where nobody knows what's going on there except that he's not with the team. And so, yeah, it's uh, 
it's not looking good right now. Kale McCarr's game suspension that he just served. I know. I was going to say, my boy Kale McCarr making UMass look bad. Yeah. That, that was a, that was really cheap, wasn't it? Uh, it was penalty worthy. I don't think it was suspension worthy, but it I'm was, also, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of 1980s style hockey, which I mean, you'd punch know, a guy in the face you know and be that like, was, okay, hey, hey, tone it these down. These guys, so. these guys rest when they hear the whistle and the play was dead yeah. and he, he hit a, he was defenseless. Yeah. <laughs> it's hockey, right? Like I said, this is, I mean, I'm a 1980s style hockey fan. Keep your head right, up. Well, I, I, I'm a huge Kale McCarr fan and I was upset that, that he did that. I, I didn't like uh Kachuk with, with sparing the guy at the, at the end of the period. It's just like, do it while the game's going on, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we got that, and then your um your uh, North Stars, the, the Stars, the Dallas Stars. I I still call them the North Stars. <laughs> they they're kind of up and down. I I really thought they were going to team coming out of the West, but they haven't been playing that great. They've been off. To, yeah, I mean it's just so inconsistent out of them. Which I mean, it's typical Stars hockey. That's I mean I'm I'm not a Stars fan at all. I usually spend more time trolling Stars fans than anything else, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not shedding any tears for them only being at a, what a three two series or whatever right now. Yep, and and then in basketball, the Milwaukee Bucks somehow got knocked out by uh, Jimmy Butler, right? In the Heat, boy, what a what a great series he had. Uh, I was talking to Les about this uh, later in, in in our interview, but do you think that loss really hurts Giannis's value moving forward as a as a collectible? I don't think very much. I mean. He has his NBA championship. Granted, it was, you know, what, during the bubble uh, season or bubble right. playoffs there. But he has his NBA championship at least. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice for him to, you know, get a couple more as it goes on. But he still has plenty of career ahead of him. I think it might take a little bit of a dip right now, but nothing nothing huge. Nothing huge. Yeah, I've got you. And uh, in Collected World, we've had all the stuff going on. We talked about this on the, the show on Wednesday, the stuff going on with Fanatics and Panini and Leaf, and uh, it kind of quieted down. I don't think we've heard anything more since you and I spoke uh, for our Wednesday show, so it's kind of been quieted down, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it was a super hot rumor that, you know, Fanatics was going to buy them, and super hot rumor that Panini was actually going to buy them, and now nothing for the last three or four days, and I mean, that's probably the way it should be. I mean, I don't, I don't want to know until it is done and all set. Right. The lawyers have already cro- crossed the T's and dotted the I's and right. everyone shook hands and everyone's friends again. Let's let's either make a deal and not make a deal, not have exactly. uh, a rumor every every other day that, that some two new companies are, are getting gobbled up, you know. Right. And then uh, we had the new release of Bowman. The t- 2023 Bowman got released on, I believe, Wednesday or Thursday. And I was at Target yesterday and the shelves were clear of Bowman. There was no Bowman cards at all. Uh, they, they were, there were slots for them, but they were all, they were all gone. We were there about, I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon. So some, someone, someone got in, got in there and <laughs> scooped them all up, but there were other, there were all the other cards were there. If you wanted, you wanted a 2023 top series one, there was plenty of those. There were uh, plenty of stadium clubs. There was a lot of those, you know, Donner's football. There was all sorts of, there was, if you wanted cards, there were, there were cards, but uh, no Bowman. So I'm actually going to the show, the Rich Altman show tomorrow. And if they're not marked up too high, I might just pick up a couple of blasters if they're there. But I think, I think it's the first wave, right? I think after the, after the first wave, they're going to be on the shelves all, all summer. Don't you think? Bowman's always a hot release when it first comes out. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's exactly what happens. You're going to see, you know, wiped out clean to start. Give it a couple of weeks. You'll probably see a, pop up and have a little bit more longevity then. 
Yeah, I, I always like to get by a couple retails just to see how they are. They are. Um, mm -hmm. Are you planning on getting Bowman? Because that's you like Bowman, right? Yeah, I typically go more for like the uh, Bowman prospects kind of stuff, the prospects and the draft stuff. And typically, I will just go on Sport Lots or wherever and buy whatever singles I need. But I'll be keeping an eye out for it, see what I need for you know the teams that are coming in. We've got uh, Wichita, the Double uh, A team for the Twins, coming in in about two weeks or so. So I just bought cards for that. So. Yeah, I'll be keeping an eye out and see if there's anybody that I, anybody that I need that'll come through the Texas League. Who's who's the big guy on the Twins Double A team? Ooh, you know? They don't really have a big one right now that I can think of off the top of my head. I know uh, Aaron Sabato is in like the twenty to twenty one Heritage set, but I've already got his signed, so he's not a huge worry for me. But I just went through the roster, figured out who has cards, and picked up stuff on each of them. So I got those. You know, uh, we you, we got almost a hundred the uh, on your birthday, so right. you're you got a ways to go to break that that have a, another day like that. The crazy thing is Aaron managed to beat me that day. I had 84. I think it was he had 97. So Wow. You guys are awesome. Well, that's cool. We got we got all sorts of stuff coming up. Uh, I just want to remind everyone to check out our uh, TTM cast one-on-one, -on -one, which is every Wednesday. It's a, sh a much shorter show. It's about an hour. We 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 don't talk as much. Drew and I, Drew and I are very much, much more concise. And uh, this week we had Danny Black on from Hobby Daily News. Hobby News, Hobby News Daily, Hobby News Daily hobbynewsdaily.com. Make sure you check that out. Um, and then, uh, Drew, anything else you want to mention about your week? I know we, we you posted a new video and, and uh, you did it. You've got, you want, you want to call it um, graphing on your birthday. Anything else going on? Not a whole lot. I mean, yeah, I got those, uh, got all the autographs there from the uh, Rangers and, and uh, Mariners minor leaguers. But yeah, aside from that, it's been a fairly slow week and I am totally okay with that because I've got a lot of work to do here this week with the draft. No, I know the draft. Drew, Drew is uh, works in um, graphics for Panini and it's, they do a, a lot in the draft. You want to talk about a, what, a little uh, what about you doing with the draft? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, Panini's been doing this for a few years now where what we'll do is uh, to try to get cards out there that have players sign in their, basically in their NFL uniforms that they can sign at the rookie photo shoot. We go through, we'll, you know, put the NFL uniforms onto the players there in Photoshop. And those will go into cards. And so with the photo department, my job is to take the photos we've picked out of the players in their college uniforms and go through and figure out, okay, what NFL players have, you know, are, what NFL players photos can we find in the proper jersey in a similar pose to be able to copy onto the player there. And so draft nights every year, that is what I spend my entire time doing. So last night, uh, it was, I think, uh, like Will Anderson was uh, one of the first ones we did. So got handed that over to me. It's like, all right, go for it. Find there's Here's the three photos of Will Anderson. Go and find the uh, navy blue uniforms to go on these two dark colored ones. Find the white uniforms to go on the white one. And lather, rinse, repeat as they come up. So I had a crew of like five of us doing that last night. And uh, yeah, we actually got through it all. We were all done by the end of the draft. We didn't have to stick around any extra at all because there were a lot of uh, non-skill position guys taking that at the very end. So we're saying they're going, okay, you know, Six picks. Okay, that's not one. Five more picks. Okay, that's not one. All the way down. Unfortunately, got out. So on you're time. you're only doing the skill guys. You're not doing the offensive linemen or. Typically, or yeah, it's going to be your skill position guys and a few of the top defensive players and stuff. Like, yeah, we don't usually bother with the offensive linemen and such. But uh, yeah, so we got that going uh, last night. We're going to be doing it again uh, tonight with rounds two and three. Which, fortunately, I just have to be able to. I have to be the one kind of sending through the uh, who's getting picked where because I found a good source that. Let's me know about two minutes before it comes up on the TV so I can get that to our crew and say, okay, here's what the pick is going to be. Have at it. And then they'll sign that. And my source last night had 30 out of 31 correct. So that's. Uh, oh, that's, that's very good. cool. Uh, is there, um, how deep in the draft do you go? Like on, 
but it was Saturday and Sunday. Do you do you go all the way to the the end of the draft in the sixth and seventh round and and try try to pick guys out of that that round as well? It varies a lot. It just depends on uh, who the companies like, for example, have under contract to be able to be on cards and do autograph signings for them. So, uh, I mean, if we get a guy who falls all the way to the seventh round and is has, we're already planning on having come to the uh, rookie photo shoot, yeah, we'll pull them. But for the most part, we've got kind of this list of about 40 or 50 or so. And once those 40 or 50 are gone, we're probably done. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Very nice. Well, uh, have fun. It's a, a draft is always fun. Um, this week, guys, we have uh, a fun show for you. We have Sam Allen, who played in the Negro Leagues, who played uh, three or four seasons in the Negro League. He is uh, one of the last surviving members of the uh, Kansas City Monarchs, which is the famous uh, Negro League team that uh, Satchel Page pl- played on and uh, Jackie Robinson played on and, and a lot of a lot of the guys uh, um, played on. So we got, we're going to talk to Sam about uh, his days in the Negro League. And we're going to talk to Russell Savage from 757 Card Show. He He's hosting a, a show in May, May 6th, next weekend. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about that and about um, he, Sam will be at the show as well. We also have uh, Les Wolf, more from Les. We're going to talk to Les about uh, when's when's the time to buy? When's the time to buy your, uh, sell your collection? When's the time to, to um, you know, start whittling it off and, and preparing for, for old age, so to speak? And what do you do? What do you do with the collection when, when you're, you know, 75 years old and, um, you know, your family is not interested and what, what do you do? You know, what, what do you do? What, when should you start thinking about, uh, you know, getting your, your collection ready for sale? So we talk about less, less the very uh, serious subject for less. So less, no joking around with this one. And we also, t- we also talk about uh, Russell, uh, Aaron Rodgers joining the Jets for less because he's a big Jet fan. Next week, we have Connor Warren from BuySportsCards.com, and we have Clemente Lise. We're going to look at um, all the hockey playoffs, the results from the hockey playoffs, and see if anyone's uh, increased their their value and talk about some of the new hockey releases. So next week, that'll be uh, Connor Warren and Clemente Lise, but we also have all our regular segments this week. Great, Drew? We do indeed, and also want to send a quick thank you out to Clemente. He sent some uh, cards from National Hockey Card Day down to me. They had extras on, so big thanks to him there. Nice. And as you said, regular segments indeed. We have Baker's Dozen, of course. We'll cover all of the news from this previous week in uh, the sports collectibles world. We've got Collector's Corner, as you said. We've got uh, Sam Allen and uh, Russell there from 757cards.com. that will all be uh, there with us. We've got Les Wolf coming up. We've got Making the Grade, covering everything in the world of grading. We've got our stamp approval. Jeff and I give our thumbs up on something or other from the previous week. And by the way, I did finally think of one. So Oh, good. I was going to say, the pressure's on, my friend. The pressure's yep. on. I thought of one there, and I'm like, all right, well, write that down real quick. We've got the Vern Rap Minute, where we cover all the deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics, anybody that you might consider TTMing. If they have died, we will let you know about it. And, of course, the main reason why you're here and why we're here, our TTM returns. Thank you, Drew. Hey, guys, we first, I want to I want to let everyone know, since January, our listenership is way up. We have a lot of new listeners. Uh, I just sent out the, the the numbers for April so far to Drew and some of the guys, and our numbers are way up. So we want to welcome all our new listeners. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you've been with us for a while, we thank you as well. But the thing that Drew and I love the most is hear from you guys. We'd love to hear from you. Suggestions, things you'd like, you have questions on, stuff you have questions on for Les. You'd like to have something appraised by Les. Uh, if you have any questions for Drew, um, we had one of our listeners, Drew, uh, ask about Japan. 
remember i don't know if you followed up on that one but that's right i do need to email him back about that which i will do so so we we're always here for to answer your questions um and we love to hear from your feedback if you get a suggestion for a guest if you'd like to be on the show in collector's corner we'd love to interview for correct collector's corner so send an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com and let us know we love to hear from you it is email address is oh it is ttmcast at <laughs> yahoo.com okay for the new guys drew i can't say the email address that's in drew's contract he, get, <laughs> he gets a quarter every time he says it well drew i think that wraps up all our introductions all our house cleaning keeping stuff we're gonna go right into baker's dozen okay cool baker's dozen sponsored by sportscollectorsdaily.com Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Well, Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. Uh, i got a lot to report to you guys. First, I want to uh, welcome our new sponsor, Collects Collects uh, app. It's a free app. You can download it in the App Store. And uh, one of the cool exclusive things that they are offering to TTM class listeners only is a $10 coupon. This is $10 towards your first purchase of any card in the Collects Marketplace. They have a marketplace where you can buy and sell cards. You get 10, it's like getting a free $10. Any card you want, use it in Collects app. The only way you can get that app is you have uh, the coupon is first you have to download the Collects app in your app store or in uh, in your Google Play. And then make sure you, you have that's on your phone or your, your uh, computer. And then uh, send me your name and your email address. And in the subject line, put in $10 coupon, $10 coupon. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to send your name uh, and email address to Collects. And they will send you a, a way of how to claim your $10 coupon. So it, it's you get $10 on any card. So if you, you, you see something in their marketplace that's $10, you get it for free, basically. You might just have to pay the postage. So this is exclusive for TTMCast listeners. Please send me your name and your email address in the uh, subject line, put $10 coupon. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to batch the, my names uh, together. And every other, other week, I'll be sending the, the names out to collect. So make sure you, you get your name names into me. I'm going to send my the first batch of names out to collects next week. So get your name and your uh, email address to me so you can get your $10 coupon. All right. All right. Guys, we have some uh, a lot of auction news to report. We do indeed Mile High Card Company auction. We mentioned this on Wednesday's show, but this is just such a cool item that I think it bears repeating. Had a 1968 top set, not just any top set. This was almost entirely PSA 10 graded cards. 598 cards set, 572 of them were graded PSA 10. That went for $1.4 million. And that's, I mean, that's a heck of a find right there. I mean, you've got rookie cards of what? Got uh, Nolan Ryan and uh, Johnny Bench in there at the very least, and you yeah. know, a lot of early cards with some other guys as well. Yeah, right. It has Aaron, has Mays, it has, yep. has a, a lot of good guys in that set. It's, and it's got the multi multiple card, the, the Mickey Mantle, um, Hank Aaron, that set, the, the card that has like the three guys. I think Billy Mays is the other guy in that card. Yeah. That, 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 it's, it's just a nice set. 
Hey, um, Leland's auction. We got two items uh, for Leland's auction recently. Leland's auction, and uh, we talked to the, one, this first item with uh, Lee Dunbar from um, the Antiques Roadshow. I think this was actually actually appeared on the Antiques Roadshow in a single signed Walter Johnson baseball, and it was beautiful. It came the autograph got a PSA eight, sold for three hundred fifteen thousand four hundred twenty six dollars. The ball is beautiful. It's from the twenties. And it's the uh, the autograph looks like it came. Uh, he he did it today. It's that it's so nice and clean. The ball's great ball, uh, and uh, it's just amazing. Three hundred fifteen uh, four hundred twenty six dollars for a single sign Walter Johnson baseball. Also in the same auction, a four point five uh, graded nineteen twenty five exhibit Lou Gehrig sold for three hundred eighty seven thousand two hundred fifty seven dollars. That's three hundred eighty seven thousand two hundred fifty seven dollars, which is another cool card those those exhibit cards are really cool they used to you find them in like uh, penny arcades and stuff back in the day and uh this is his rookie rookie one i believe it's 1925 exhibit and uh lou Gehrig, it's a great it's a great looking card we also have some uh, results from rea spring auction yeah ninety eight thousand bids there in the rea spring auction went to a total of 14.7 million dollars in sales there couple of uh, key items right there. A couple of rookie cards from 1955 set. Sandy Koufax at a PSA 9, $384,000 price tag on that one. And the Roberto Clemente, also a PSA 9, $960,000. So just barely short of that million-dollar barrier. Wouldn't surprise me, though, if that uh, Clemente breaks that barrier the next time one of those goes up for auction. Yeah, I agree. Hey, some more uh, results at the Golden's April premiere auction. Uh, this just ended on uh, this past Wednesday. A Michael Jordan signed 1998 jersey went for $360,000. That's a Jordan signed jersey, 1998. It photo matched. They had all the, the provenance to it. $360,000 and an SGC 10, perfect 10, Tom Seaver, 1967. That's his rookie card. That's uh, it's a high number card, I think, right, Drew? I think so. Yeah, went for $73,200. So $73,200 for 1967 SGC 10, Tom Seaver. And I think all these auction results just show you that uh, the market might have slowed down a little, but it's still going pretty strong. And I think the, you know, the, there's still a market for the, um, the high end stuff. Right. And, you know, when the high end stuff ha has a market, then the lower end stuff kind of follows suit. So I think, I think it's good all around. Don't you Drew? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know that necessarily follows suit, but it definitely, I mean, there is at least some correlation there. If there's demand for one, there's going to be demand for both prices are up on the, uh, on that higher end, older stuff there. We're in a little bit of a lull on some of the other stuff, but that can be some great buying opportunities out there. Yeah, I agree. Hey, we are the Nationals coming up in July, the end of July. I think it's like the 24th to the 28th or something like that of July, right? Yeah, so whatever trying... that last yeah, whatever that last Wednesday is usually starts on there through the last Sunday. Yeah, well, they're now they're they're finally uh, TriStar is finally releasing some names and guys that are going to be signing uh burp lie 11 baseball hall of Famer burp lie 11 chipper jones and juan marshall will be there they just released some more names you know, yesterday shane bieber from the cleveland indians who was not a big signer i don't believe right occasionally he's cut back a lot he used to be decent ttm you could get him in person but not as easily now yeah uh jerry rice who's going to be there and tory hunter from the Minnesota Twins is going to be there as well. And then some three VIPs that they've announced is Bobby Douglas, who was quarterback with the Chicago Bears. I think his 1971 is his rookie card. Jody Davis, who was a he was a catcher, and I think he played third base too, right? And he played a 
first base. He played a couple, a bunch of positions. Yeah. He's going to be signing a VIP. And Scott Spezio, who played for a bunch of teams, including the Cardinals and the Angels and the Oakland A's, he is going to be signing for VIP. So those are the three three guys for, for VIP that they've announced. And uh, they'll be announcing guys uh, up until, what, maybe two weeks before the show, right? They, they yeah. usually go. So as, as soon as we hear people that are going uh, to be signing, we will uh, make the announcement and let you guys know. You can go to uh, TriStar Productions uh, for all the information, or you can go to the national uh, website and you can find that uh, then the information of uh, when they're going to be signing the prices and all that kind of stuff. But really looking forward to the national, and uh, it's cool. It's cool that the, we're starting to see some names finally. Absolutely is. And uh, speaking of the national, Tim Virgilio and Signatures for Soldiers—they are the official charity of the national. They're going to be working with Pristine Auctions as well with a fundraiser auction. All funds raised from it are going to go to Signatures for Soldiers. So if you're out there at the National, make sure you check out that uh, Pristine Auctions auction to help support uh, Signatures for Soldiers. Check out Signatures for Soldiers booth as well. And I think you may even be able to put bids in online there with that Pristine Auction as well. Yeah, and I'm so happy for Tim. Tim Tim is a one-man operation when we met met him five years ago and he he has just uh grown his charity and and they raised so much money for uh wounded veterans and it's just a great charity and, it, and it's a great feather in tim's cap to have uh, pristine auctions involved so we want to congratulate tim on that but some show news a couple of shows uh for uh may coming up we, we're going to talk with uh, russell savage from 757cardshows.com they have a show on may 6th they got um Bill Madlock, Dwight Gooden, Sid Bream, uh, Mike Nelms, and a couple other guys are going to be signing. Go to uh, 757cardshows.com. The show is May 6th. If you can't make it down to Virginia Beach for the show, the show is free to get into the show, and the autographs are fairly inexpensive. Um, you, they're accepting mail-ins, so you know it's. I would if you're going to mail something to him, I would try to get out by Monday or Tuesday because the show is next weekend. So um, if you need Bill, Bill Badlock or uh, Dwight Gooden or Sim Bream or Mike Nelms, please go to 750cardshows.com and, and get your cards in. Uh, it's going to be a great show if you're in the Virginia Beach area. Make sure you check that out. Yep. Well, I'm not sure there's a better combination of things than putting a card show inside of a legendary ballpark. Fenway Park, May 20th through 21st, has their second annual Fenway Park card show. So if you're up there in Boston, if you want to see kind of a, a show in just kind of a cool venue right there, make sure you go and check that out. Yeah, it was a great show last year, and they're doing it again this year. Uh, it it was a, a lot of people there, big, big um, show. They haven't announced any signers yet, but um, it's a great venue for a show. I would agree with you. It's a great venue for a show. We have some new releases to let you guys know about. Um, the Bowman, 2023 Bowman are out. They're out in three different uh configurations you can get a hobby box which has one autograph there which has 10 cards uh per pack 24 packs those go for about 150 dollars you can get a jumbo hobby box which has three autos that has 32 uh, cards in a pack which i love those the jumbo packs for 12 packs in, in a box those go for about 300 and you get a va- they're calling it a value box instead of a blaster box and that's uh six cards per pack 12 packs and those are going for about 35 dollars now i know um, all the online play, places have them. You can go to tops.com. They have it. Target.com has it. I saw um, Dick Sporting Goods has it. So there's a lot of places that are having it. I went to Target the other day to see if I could uh, pick up a couple um, value boxes, but they were out. So um, it might be hard to find in the wild, but there's plenty of availability online. So uh, I've seen some breaks. 
cards look good. The the inserts look good. Uh, autographs are pretty good. It's a nice it's a nice set. Typical uh, Bowman's right. The first one it's a hundred and. 50 cards are all the the, the you know, players and then they have the the rookies of the next 100 cards or, or vice versa so make sure you check it out 2028 bowmans are now out got a 2022 football set coming out here from bowman university best football out of that you're gonna get two mini boxes each with six cards two autographs in there as well so a total of what 12 cards there with uh, two autos 155 dollars will be the price tag there yeah, they had. I saw um, blaster boxes as well in Target yesterday. So there are bla- their blaster boxes are available on the retail. I don't remember what the price was. Maybe they're thirty or thirty-five dollars for the blaster boxes. But right. um, they did. You don't get the autographs, but you can. You still get all the cards, and um, those are still good cards to get autograph to sign, send off for autographs, right, Drew? Yeah, once in a while you'll find uh, guys will sign through uh, their team at training camp and such. So yeah, it's worthwhile gamble there. Yeah, we have 2022 Panini Contenders Optic Football is though. 2022 Panini Contenders Optic Football. Six cards in the box. You get two autos. Those going for about $310. That's 2022 Panini Contenders Optic Football for $310. Well, for those out there who enjoy combat sports, we've got Panini Prism UFC hitting the shelves as well. 12 packs each with 12 cards. You'll get two autographs in there. And out of those 144 cards, 22 parallels in a box. would be the price on that. Yep. This one that just came out the other day, it's Tops Athletes Unlimited. And we say, well, what's in there? Well, it's all the European soccer leagues. Uh, Like three or four of the European soccer leagues are included in this. Uh, Blaster boxes are going for about $25. It's a 200 uh, card base set. There are autographs you can get. So it's Tops Athletes Unlimited. You can get them on tops.com for like 25 bucks. We don't talk about uh, Leaf uh, offerings very often, but we've got a nice one coming out from them with their Leaf OptiChrome Basketball. For 22-23, six autographs per box, $130 right there. So you're talking what? That's about $123 an autograph. That's not bad at all. Yeah, and then it's um, you know, they, they don't Leaf doesn't have the uh insignia, right? They don't have the rights to the, the logos, but they're still they're, they're still nice cards. So I would you can check that out. You can go to it's leafcards.com, I believe is the the website. You can go check out what they have. They have they do have a lot of stuff coming out. And hey, an autograph is an autograph. So that's right. Hey, it's definitely worth checking. All right, but I think that wraps up Baker's Dozen. We had a lot. That was a, that was a big uh, segment this week. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of nice-looking releases coming out. All right, but next up, we're going to hear from Les Wolf and more from Les. And now it's time for more from Les with hobby legend Les Wolf. Get your graded cards in the hobby's best holder. CSG's holders are crystal clear, secure, and make every card in your collection stand out. And the best part is the price. Get your sports cards graded for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. Go to csgcards.com. Well, Les joins us just about every week, right, Drew? Mate, we we give him a, we give him a week off every once in a while, but he joins us just about every week to talk about what's going on in the hobby. He's very passionate about collecting and autographs. Very very knowledgeable. Last week we did a uh, appraisal show with Les. This week we're, we're talking to Les about a really serious subject um, about when you should sell your your collection. 
you know, when you should start thinking about selling your collection, what you should do to prepare your collection, what you should keep in mind when you're selling a collection, who you should sell your collection to. Uh, it's a really interesting uh, talk with Les. So that's, we talked to him about that. And I, we also start and talk about the uh, Aaron Rodgers trade for the, in the New York Jets, because Les is a huge New York Jet fan. He has been since the 60s with, with uh, Joe Namath. So we get Les's take on the Aaron Rodgers uh trade and we also this this sell, selling collection is very very uh it's a very serious subject and, and Les does a great job so please enjoy uh my interview with uh Les Wolf and more from Les all right guys it's my favorite time of the show we get to talk to Les Wolf from Les Wolf Sports LLC Les Wolf Sports LLC.com he is on uh Based not out on Facebook on uh, eBay. He has an eBay store with with autographs with a Z. He is uh, been collecting cards, sports autographs, sports autographs with a Z. He has been collecting cards and autographs for over sixty years. And we're gonna we got a couple things to talk about today, including when's the best time to sell your collection. So welcome, Les. Nice to see you again, Jeff. Same here. Hey, you must be be finally uh, walking on sunshine. Your New York Jets finally did something right, and they made a trade for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, the let's the trade was the Jets are going to get Rodgers, the fifteenth overall pick in this year's draft, and the fifth and uh, their uh, Packers fifteenth fifth round pick in the this year's draft. Uh, the Packers get thirteenth pick in this year's draft, a second round pick in this year's draft, a sixth round pick in this year's draft, and a conditional. 2024 second round pick, which becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this season, which I think he will. So basically they gave up, you know, uh, for, they got a first rounder, swap first rounders and got a second round pick. Uh, pretty good deal in the, in, in my eyes for the Jets, don't you think? Actually, in a way, as a Jet fan, I'm a little disappointed. He's, thir- he's still 39 years old and you get your, you're switching the first-round picks, which is only two picks. With that, I don't mind doing that. Um, the thing with the 65% of the snaps and going from a second round to a first round, what if he plays only one season? Or well, I think – don't you think he's going to play at least two? Yeah, but I still don't – I don't think he's he's worth a first-round pick. You know, I think – you know, any other picks, yes. First rounds are so precious. I think they they're thinking that he's they're going to be a better team, so it's going to probably be the as long as he's healthy and he doesn't get hurt. Yes, they will be a better team. Right, but so that's going to be a, what what's that pick going to be in the twenties, right? Yeah, probably. So it's you know you got to give give something to get something, and if he plays sixty five percent of the plays, then the Jets will be good. They'll make the playoffs. Uh, you know they should win ten or eleven games if he plays that many games. I think. Hopefully, we'll see. What, what's the buzz in, in the in the city? Is everyone all uh, pumped up to to have yeah. him now? Yeah, well, definitely. You know, we got a shot of going to the Super Bowl. You know, we haven't had that in <laughs> fifty four years. No, I know. Uh, you, know you know, I think we 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 talked about this earlier when it was all rumored. But do you think this affects Rogers' uh, value as a collectible? Not according to fanatics. They got their prices, and oh my god. Five to six hundred, eight hundred on a football. I mean, I mean, who is he's not? He, you know, granted, he's he's a, a little shade below Tom Brady, you know, quite a few shades below. But okay, is his autograph really worth that much money? No, 
right? Mm. To a guy that that's he, you know, he, he isn't he isn't a pro- prolific signer, but you would think he's going to be like these guys when you know Joe Montana and all these guys when they retire. That's what they do. They be, you know they they become themselves. You know what I mean? They live off the, their their name. Now, does Rogers need money? Probably not. You know he's gonna. What is he gonna make? What is he gonna make? Forty million, thirty-five million a year, something like that, with the Jets, right? Jesus, it's just the numbers are just. <laughs> no, I know it's staggering. It. You know, you know. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't wait to see the first um, Aaron Rodgers card in the Jets uniform. I think that that'll be fun. I, I just wonder how collectible it's going to be for for other fans because you know. You, you look at Joe Montana when he went to Kansas City. How many people wanted Kansas City stuff? Not as right. much. Even even all the way back to Johnny Unitas, right when he was was on the Chargers, everyone right. was aghast to seeing that. And uh, for, even Bra- even Brady with the Buccaneers, I don't think that really that, that really got a, a, anyone's uh, engines no, running. I, I would agree. Right? I think you know as far as collectability, I would say stick to the the original team that the players played for. I. I, I agree. You can never get hurt with that. You know, just a, a quick one. We're, we're in the um, NBA playoffs, just uh, first rounds, basically. Go, Knicks, go New York. Go New York. I know. Go, go. next. This one, this question isn't about the Knicks, though. This is more, this is about uh, Giannis. Um, do you think his. Did his, you see that comedy made? No. What did he say? Quarter? Oh, I, I'll send it to you. He, but do you think that, you know, I always look at it as a collectible. Do you think that brings him down a notch because now this is kind of the what third or fourth year that he hasn't been able to to bring this team anywhere in the in the playoffs um you're putting too much weight on the man uh well look at charles barkley right look at ewing look at you know they these these, these are great players john stockton they're great players but they're missing something right yeah well you know the whole whole offense relies on him too much yeah you know, yeah i know but chicken. he he uh you know he should have he they were the highest or certainly the highest seed and they were were on paper a better team but uh you know that's the 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 heat they're they're they are they're a good team right a good and that's what they are they're a team they have a lot of good players but they're they play they play a good brand of basketball they definitely do. I I like I like I I love the, I love him. Uh, how do you th- how do you think your Knicks are gonna uh, fare against the Heat? Against the Heat. It's I mean, I haven't seen the Knicks play that much. The you know the couple it, games it, I've seen them play, they they beat the Celtics or played close games. So I'm sure that in I like I like Julius Randle. I think it's gonna be a real interesting series. Do they do they have um do they have enough size to go against the Heat? Because that's the Heat's um, weak point, right? If you can, you yeah, can... I, I think they have enough size. You know, I you know they, they, they just got to stop Butler, and Butler just just he he just went Jordanish. No, I know he was just freaking amazing. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think Butler's a better player than Jason Tatum, but. That's <laughs> oh, he definitely is. It's not even. Yeah. I just sent it to you. You gotta, you gotta see it. Be honest. When he, when a reporter asks him a question, you're gonna love it. It's just crazy. Yeah, he is. Uh, I, I'm a huge Giannis fan. I, I think I, you know, coming up, and I've always been a big Giannis fan. But I'm, 
it bothers me that he can't get to the next level, you know? Where he's had a real tough time getting to the next level. I mean, he's gotten to the next level. He's won already once. Well, I don't know. He's just... I don't know. I think... Uh, I, I'm just happy my Knicks made the playoffs first time in forever, it seems like. Um, I think they have a shot to win it all. I don't see it as being a real, a real good shot. I mean, they got to go through a lot of good, really good teams. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, at playoffs, the, the, the better team seem, tends to rise, right? The, the They're always, you know, there's enough games in a, in a seven-game series that usually the better team wins, right? Would you agree with me on that? Or, or the hot team. Or if there's one hot player or two hot players, they, they carry the team. Like like Butler, forget about it. He's a, right. And he runs he runs really hot and cold, so it it'll be interesting. But at least you got we got something to watch. Your uh, your Yankees are okay. They kind of win win one lose one, right? They're playing about five hundred ball. I, I think the problem with the Yankees right now is is what I said before the season. It seems to be a common denominator is their pitching. I think Clark Smith should just stick to being. They should stick him just only as a relief reliever, meaning it too. That Brito kid looked really good in his first couple of starts, but I think the league is caught up to him. Yeah, they need Rondon um, back. They really need Rondon back. I just wonder how good Rondon's going to be. And Herman, you know, he's hot and cold. You know, he's, you know, they can't really rely on the only, you know, Cole's, Cole and, and Cortez have pitched well. Yeah. Cortez has had uh, he's he's had a nice little run the, for these last two years, and Cole is a stud. So at least yeah, you Cole's, get, you a, get, Cole's a freak. Yeah, he, you got you got an anchor there. But it's, it's baseball season has been very good so far. Hey, um, you know, speaking of baseball, we we, we had a, a lot of great responses from your the show that we did last week, appraising items, and we're going to be doing another appraising. Uh, well, remember, items. it's not really an official appraisal; it's just an estimate of value, right? Um, you know, we're going to do another one in May, probably maybe the second week of May, because we already have a couple things that, that have come through. So, guys, if you have anything that you'd like uh, less to kind of look at, give an official, uh, an estimated value, or if you, you're concerned about a, uh, an autograph and you want less to take a look at it, send your items to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com. That's ttmcast at yahoo.com. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to do another show. But one of the items that that we hadn't done yet that that got sent, and it was a baseball uh, signed by Willie Maysman. It was really, really um, light. The 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 signature really washed or bled or whatever you want to call it. Um, can we just re- uh, just review what you recommend people to do when they get a, a signature? You know, you go to you go to the national. You have Johnny Bench sign a baseball. What should you do to that? And, and and you know, I know the thing is to wrap it up and put it in a, put it in a, a dark closet someplace and never look at it again. But you know, I, I I like to have I like to display my items, right? I like to I like to have them, you know, in a in a uh, a ball case on the on the shelf, or you know, I I, I don't want to have all my stuff sitting in a closet someplace. So what's how do how do you protect your stuff, but yet still enjoy it and have it. Um, available to you and so you can look at it and you can share with people first thing that you know that's really overlooked a lot by a lot of people is you actually when you're getting it signed you know make sure you put your fingers on you know glove you really should be using gloves uh touching only the, the seams of the baseball 
trying to give the athlete only the sweet spot to sign to say if you want it to be single sign. And make sure you use an extra fine point big pen on it, on the sweet spot of blue. And that's that's really, uh, you know, over the years, I mean, I looked at a baseball recently. Let me see. Uh, where, where did I put it? Um, an old, old-timers day ball that I got signed from the 70s. Someone asked me about it. And I took a look at it. This is with the right pen from years ago. Let me take it out of the holder. Right, so you have you have it in the in the cube holder, so it does the, so the element doesn't get at it. Yeah, but the the ones that were in the extra fine point blue pen, this is from 1970. I got this signed in the early 70s at the Baseball Hall of Fame, and it, you take a good look at it. It's just crazy how nice it stayed, and this is over 50 years. Yeah, so really make sure you use the the ball, the blue fine ball ball. And uh, you know, don't don't keep it in the sunlight. Right. Don't um because I mean you like it. you like to display your stuff too, right? You don't you don't have it all sitting in a closet someplace. Um I don't have I you know the inventory that I sell I have displayed on shelves. Right. So make sure you have the proper lighting, make sure you have the proper temperature, and that, that that's really the key right there you know the lighting and the temperature but the first and foremost is the the actuality you have in the right pen on the right on the you know you need the right tools to do your job and you're doing your job as a collector you gotta you gotta use the right pen right you, don't use a sharpie don't use a don't use a red pen or 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 black pen also right so did you see pen. did you see the um walter johnson uh Oh my God! Ball, isn't that so nice? Le Leland's, uh, it was a very fresh to the market ball. Leland's did a terrific job, you know, with that. I mean, that's crazy. But you know what? I guarantee it's only, it's also a PSA eight. I guarantee you, whatever that person decides to sell it, that that'll probably be a million dollar ball. No, they sold it. No, it sold it. I'm saying when the person that oh, the person that, that, that sold it that bought decide, it, yeah. When they decide they want to sell it. I can almost guarantee that ball will become a million dollar baseball. Yeah, and it's really cool. They have the original box, and I'm sure I'm sure somebody somebody got it back in the 20s or whatever, and just put it in an attic someplace, right? I mean, that's the only way those things stay like that. Well, I think what the person did was it was signed, put it, wrapped it up in the paper that it came in, put it back in the box, and just kept in you know kept in the right uh, climate and right, right and, and forgot about it, and then it got it got will down to somebody else and probably somebody else from there but it's really it's really cool when you have you see those those things come into the marketplace um and it's nice it, it's nice that uh it, it got the attention it deserved and uh it, the the price that it earned was fabulous person picked the right time to, to sell yeah all right hey let's talk a little about selling you know what we, we we're, we're always going back and forth on when when should we sell our collection when when is the right time to sell uh and, and how to prepare and how how to sell it and and uh you know who 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 uh is it better to go auction house as opposed to trying to sell it yourself or, or trying to sell it or or piecemeal it and sell or sell a whole collection there's a lot of things to consider right oh, absolutely i mean one 
one of the, the best, you know, what I find the most really is people are looking to sell their stuff at an, at it being forced to a necessity. For example, they want to buy their first house. They want to right. get married. And, and you know, just don't want to have all this clutter. And, you know, those are great circumstances when, you, when you're selling because, you know, you're doing something to, you know, to forever your house or you want to get money for the kids for college. So all but, that but less is it, it, it and so, sorry to interrupt, but no isn't problem. it better? It's in a better like when you're looking for a job. It's always easy easy to find a job when you have a job as opposed to when you're unemployed and you have to kind of take the take the first job that, that's thrown to you. So when you're selling a collection, isn't it better if you're selling it on your your own terms, so to speak, as opposed to when you need to sell it for whatever emergency arises? You know, all those things like a wedding or a home, you don't really need to sell it. It okay. just gives you, you know, yeah, I think that's like kind of the right time to move it because, you know, every, you know, all the stars are aligned because, you know what, I, you know, I haven't looked at the collection in years. You know, there's an opportunity for me to get the down payment on a house. So, you know, I, I know this for a fact because a lot of times I've bought collections in those circumstances. People wanted to get married. I had a guy, I bought a beautiful uh, Aaron Judge game used bet. I paid him pretty close to retail on it. It was a pre... Uh, right before he came up to the Yankees that season, signed by him, and he had car repairs that he needed. And he just decided, you know, he wasn't going to, you know, he collects other things, and the judge bat was one thing that he just decided it was time to sell. So he really, and the market was good. So the key, one of the key things is like the market. If you're selling stuff when the market's good on the items, then you're going to do okay. If you wait until the market, you know, like is in the, in the toilet, you, you're going to lose money on it. And another thing a lot of collectors don't realize, and this is sad but true, you go to shows and you spend hundreds and thousands of dollars to get your stuff signed. And then when you go to sell it, you know, you put it in an auction house or you sell it to a dealer like myself, you're not going to get back that money that you spent on it. And it, it, it's, it's sad, but it, it's true. I mean, it's really tough to get your money back. You know, uh, for example, I like signed books, multi-signed books. If you figure out the amount of time that it takes to get a multi-signed book, 100, 500, 300 autographs in there, and you take the time per autograph, even at $10 an autograph, you're never going to get your time and your money back for it. Right. You got the enjoyment out of it. And another key thing, and when, you know, and I, I come across, you know, I'm thinking about it now, as you get older in life, like I was friends with Barry Halper, may you rest in peace, you know, his family didn't want this stuff. You know, he didn't want to burden his wife. So he decided now's the time to sell it. And a lot of, I'm getting a lot more calls for collections now. And I'm advising them what, what to do with it. On certain type collections, when it comes to cards now, I would tell anybody who's got vintage cards now, whether they're autographed or not autographed, whether they're encapsulated or not, now is the time to sell it. The market has never been hotter than it is now. And you'll do very well. Whether you sell it to me, another dealer, well, you're selling in an auction house. I mean, the advantage of selling to me or another dealer is the fact that you don't have to wait to get paid. And that's a big issue. And you know what you're going to get. Right. When you go into an auction house, they want everything with no reserves. So let's say you spend $10,000 on the Jeff Baker signed baseball. And, you you know, you're just hoping, you know, and it's worth like $50,000. you are hoping you get, you know, at least $10,000 minimum. Well, it sells for two to three thousand in an auction. 
then you know there's nothing they, the auction house can do or you can do. But if you sold it to the private dealer for ten thousand dollars, you know that you know that's guaranteed. And plus, you have to wait three to six months usually to ha you know have it in an auction. And you also got to wait three, you know, at least ninety days to get paid. So it's uh, and if it needs to be authenticated, you also got to incur that that uh, that expense. And you know, when I'm buying collections years ago in the seventies, eighties, early nineties, when I bought a collection, I didn't have to worry about knowing that I have to get it authenticated. I've got stuff at JSA now since March that I'm waiting to get back. You know, it was a heavy load, almost almost hundred items, but. You know, that I have to factor that in. What is going to cost me to get that? The time I have to drive two hours each way to get it, you know, drop it off and pick it up. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I've already tied up the money that I bought that collection for, for now over a month, two months now. So, right, so, your, so your return on investment is going to be that much further right. down the road. And, and everybody thinks that they can become a dealer so easily. I mean, if you have knowledge, yes, you can become a dealer. But you got to realize that you're you got it takes time to make your money back on an average collection i think i've mentioned this before in our talks it usually takes a year maybe even longer to make your money back unless you have some choice items in that collection that you know you could flip to another dealer or you have a collector that might want that other than that it's going to take some time to sell it Right, and I mean, you 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 know that when you're when you're buying a collection, you know your Derek Jeter stuff is going to move, or, or your uh, Roger that's Maris you, stuff. That's is gonna funny move. you say that. I sold out all my Jeter stuff right when he was get, right before he got in the Hall of Fame. Now I've bought a bunch of Jeter stuff. Honestly, I think I sold one eight by ten in the last five, four, three, four years since he got in the Hall of Fame. Is that because his stuff is, is more readily available? Yeah. Yeah, and people, you know, people that wanted them have them now. So, you know, Jeter's stuff in my market, for me, in my market, has not gone up the way I would have liked it to. And on the flip side, you know, Mickey Mantle baseballs, you know, uh, what I was selling them for a while ago, I mean, they've gone up. I mean, it's just crazy. You know, especially the especially inscribed baseballs, I'm seeing numbers on Mantle baseballs that blows my mind for, you know, Triple Crown, MVP, you know, any any cursings they put on a baseball, it's just crazy. People people want that. You know, I like that. But is it worth the kind of money that they're selling for? I'd just rather have just a sign, single sign ball. Right. The special things doesn't matter to me, but it matters to a lot of people. Is it, um, you, as a collector like me and you or, you know, Drew, we, we, we've amassed a pretty good collection, right? Do you, would you uh, recommend kind of paring down as, a, as opposed to trying to unload a whole collection where, where um, you know, if, if you came in and said, geez, you know, Jeff, you got, you got 500,000 cards and you know, 5,000 <laughs> autographs and, you know, all, all game used jerseys and all this other stuff. And it, it like you said, it's going to take me years to realize my return on this so do you recommend kind of while you're still collecting to pare down a periodically well here's a question for you i hope you answer the question for yourself when have you looked at most of your collection how often do you look at it right no i know that's what you and i we were just saying you know i i hate it i hate that some some stuff is sitting in a closet and or sitting in a box and you know i open a box and oh i didn't even I forgot i even had that <laughs> right I, I think yes you should start paring down 
you know, my wife even used to tell me, she said, Les, we, we, we're never going to be able to move your office. You know, we're never going to move anywhere until you, until you sell everything. And I say, okay, well, first off, where are we going to move to? You know, <laughs> and then second off, I said, there's certain stuff, you know, there's certain stuff I just don't want to sell. You know, like my mantle sign cards. Uh, I'm always looking to add more mantle sign cards to get the run. Uh, my Ruth uh, car, sign card, my Garrick sign card, I happen to have up for sale, but I'm not going to sell it, you know, you know, cheap. Uh, you know, right, I you're not going to give it away. It. Yeah, but, you know. Yes, you know, I think the when should be when you when you when you decide it's time. You know, um and God forbid you don't you're not forced into it. And like I like I had a good friend of mine, a guy named Jack. I collected with him since the seventies. And he retired, he would go down once in a while for the Rangers or the Knicks or something. He was a season ticket holder. And maybe five years ago or longer, I said, Jack. When when you want to sell your stuff, just let me know. So okay, Les, come over. I buy most of his stuff. He keeps a he keeps a bunch of stuff. And I always tell people the biggest thing you should the most important thing, believe it or not, when you sell in your collection, is try to keep a couple items just for yourself, just to have something. You know, the show. Yeah. So I said to Jack, I said, okay, do me a favor. I want to buy your collection when you're alive. I don't want to have to go and get it. Right, deal deal with your wife and. Well, it was is actually he wasn't married. His girlfriend had died years ago. But um, so I had to deal with his sister-in-law and his brother-in-law, who were sweethearts. But I had to go there to help him when he passed away because of COVID. May rest in peace. I had to I had to go there, and it was a very, very emotional time. It's very tough to do that. You know, we literally had to clean out his apartment, and I took the stuff on consignment. I sold it for. Took me like three years to sell. So most of his stuff. Yeah. But, you know, stuff like that, you know, I don't want to have to go there and, and no dealer and no auction house likes going to someone's house after someone dies. You know, and I always, I always frown upon that, you know, right after an athlete dies, you know, a lot of dealers and collectors and auction houses are handling the, the family. Right. You know, sell, why don't you sell this one, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they become relentless, but I, I think, this, before the before that happens, you should have the person, and I could help them do anybody out to do that. Is make a plan, sit down, and write down what you want to do with the stuff, how you who or what you want to sell it to, and and have it for the family. You, you know, even though as much as you love it and everything, but plan it out so your wife, your kids, or anybody aren't stuck in a situation of what to do. Yeah, I know you don't want to burn you don't want to burden them burden I, them with that. I mean, I've, I've known so many collectors that have said, oh, well, if my kids get it, they'll probably just put it out on the curb or my wife will put it out on the curb. And yes, that has happened quite often. Have you, um, have you, uh, what uh, collections have you picked up recently? I know you're always, always buying stuff and, uh, you, you know, you're going out and drive, driving to the sites and uh, looking at collections. What, what have you picked up recently? I picked up a nice collection of, I just, just dropped it off at JSA. Uh, like a Hank Aaron 755 sign ball. Oh, that's nice. A Mantle number seven sign ball, which is pretty nice. Um, three 500 home run balls. One has all 11. The other two have just 10 to both missing Williams. A 3000 hit ball with a couple of guys. Hall of Fame ball with 19 autographs. An old timers Yankee ball with Mantle, Ford, Rizzuto. Um, 
a Seaver. This was interesting. Not worth a lot of money, but a Seaver, 20 by 30, color, original color photo, bowing, bending his head at the pitcher's mound when number 41 was retired on July 25th, 88, with a ticket stub. Oh, wow. A Willie Mickey and a Duke signed photo. A 62 met uh, original cover of the yearbook blown up into a photo with uh, 27 autographs. A 500 home run poster. A Hall of Fame bat. A 69 Met ball, 69 Met bat. So, man, that's just some of the stuff. Uh, what are you, What are you gonna do? Are you gonna sell it? Are you gonna uh, consign it to an auction house on some of that stuff? What's your plans? Uh, well, right now I got. I'm I'm back at the same uh, same hurdle. Is I have to wait till I get it back from JSA before I do anything. Do you you exclusively use JSA for your uh, sort of your your validations and certifications, or do you use anybody else? Right now, I pretty much uh, I have had no problems except the amount of you know the time that it takes them to do it. I, I think I think the world of Jimmy Spence and his crew, Ryan Devine is just phenomenal kid, great guy. So yes, uh, I have pretty much primarily take you know gone to them. And do they? And forgive me because I, I haven't done any uh, authentication much. Uh, how do they they price it? Do they price it based on estimated value, or do, is it a one time thing, or is it you know I know I know te- you know multiple balls are, cost more to validate than a single signed ball and um what's how, what's the how's the typical pricing on on stuff that they like the the basic Hall of Famous signed ball of photos they're uh, they call those a basic if it's a Colfax a Drysdale a Mantle those are letters. And he, there's a there's a sliding scale on letters. Okay. Team, team balls have uh, a pretty much at least one hundred and fifty dollars to get authenticated. So before before you uh, decide to get that team ball authenticated, uh, you know, think twice. You know, think what right. Is- like I mean, Drew Drew has that Orioles nineteen sixty three Orioles sign ball, and we said it was worth a couple hundred dollars. So it really is. It doesn't behoove him to go get it authenticated. I would agree. But now your your um your three thousand hit ball, uh, that's something that that you would say okay that's that's worth six hundred dollars or whatever the number is and it, it makes sense to invest another seventy five or hundred dollars to get it authenticated. I think let me see how many how many guys are on that three thousand hit ball. Not not a lot. That's the problem with it. It could be a basic. I don't know. It's got it only has Rose, Musial, Aaron, and Brett. Okay, it's only got four. So- yeah, so basically four four guys that sign a lot or have signed yeah. a lot. Right, right. Uh, more. So what do you like? So what do you see in that retail and at a couple hundred bucks? Five hundred dollars. I think that would be high. Yeah, probably in that area. Couple couple hundred dollars. You know, I have to do a little research to see what you know something comparable sold for. But yeah, I would say so. But it is also is a good ball for someone to move forward and get some of the other living 3000 hit guys exactly. on it right then you go you exactly. get bogs and you get some of the guys that are easy signers so to speak absolutely i agree okay well th- that's that that's a uh, good advice i think uh, you know it's a really it's always crazy of when you should set, sell and and what you have to consider when you're selling and it's something that i think we all come up against eventually right you can't you can't yeah, take it I, with I, you I, th- I think though like i keep on thinking about it and the most important thing is is write out a plan with your wife kids or or whomever 
significant other of what you want to do with it. You know, yeah, as you get older, as you got to make a plan. You know, and it's got to be like a team, like teamwork. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of where I am. And you know, I've got all this stuff, but I don't, I don't have a a great handle on my inventory of stuff. If you know what I mean, I really have to inventory it and say, okay, this is worth, this is worth something. This isn't worth it. This isn't worth anything, and uh, take it from there. I guess. Basically, yeah. So, but 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 like you know, I I think you know everybody you know thinks they'll they'll live forever in a collection. They'll stay forever, or they'll think they'll hand it down to the kids. Um, don't think that way. <laughs> I know. I mean, you know, not not every family, you know, are collectors. Not everybody's a collector. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. I don't know about. I don't. I know you. You want to give a couple things, leave some things to your sons, and uh, but your wife is like my wife and has no interest in the stuff. And my my right. kids, my kids have both. My kids have no interest in the stuff. So, um, you know, I'm 57, so I'm I'm not going anywhere soon i we, god, we will, god willing but right you know, we hope but you, you never you never you never know right you know in three years you turn in 60 eight years you're 65 what do you you know what are you going to do then you know i know you're going to want to maintain you know those file cabinets full of stuff you know you want to have a whole room full of this stuff or would you rather just sell that house and move to a nicer house by the beach or by the water or by a pool by a golf uh, right course, and, you know put the, put the stuff i care about in a tote <laughs> right you'll keep a few things yeah all right pal anything else you want to talk about before i let you go it's always interesting it's 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 something you don't really want to consider your mortality right and and we have so much passion and so much love for the stuff we collect so it's always hard to let go sometimes you know well that's true The, the let go is the hardest part i mean you 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 want you you know you, you want to constantly be able to look at certain things and and have that stuff, but we we have to consider that it, it's it, there's a time and a place to move it, and the way when the market's hot, like the, the like I said before, the card market right now is, is on the vintage signed stuff or the just the cards, whether it's graded or not graded, I would say sell it now. Right, and there are, it's all cyclical, you know. This, how many how many highs and lows have we seen in the card market and in memorabilia and things get hot and then they get cold and uh it's it's, I mean, if, it's you told, just, if you told me say 10 years ago when to you know you know in, in the 90s actually in the early 2000s Mano stuff exploded at right after he passed if you would have told me that 20 25 years after he died well, now it's Almost thirty years. He died yeah. in ninety-five, so it's twenty-eight years. If you would have told me his numbers, that his card sign, his photos, his baseballs would be what they are, I'd say you're crazy. And I tell people now, I think the most undervalued thing, believe it or not, is signed photos of Mama. You can get a nice photo, three, four hundred dollars. You know, you can buy it and it's authenticated. I think that that would be the thing I would tell people to buy. Right. This always this always. Um holes in, in in the collectibles that uh run hot and cold right i mean ticket subs in the last year have gone uh, gotten really hot and a lot of a lot of uh, you know you know why though right because they don't make them anymore <laughs> exactly exactly yeah so it, it's it's really interesting all right pal Bell, thank you very much it was a great talk to you today guys if you have anything that you'd like to 
uh, have less look at and give his, his estimate and his uh, his opinion on. Uh, we're going to do an, another, uh, we'll call it an appraisal show in quotes in a couple of weeks. So send it off to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com, ttmcast at yahoo.com. Um, we'll, we've got, I've got three things right now and we're going to, you know, we get, I think like to get three or four more things in to do uh, another show on it. It was, it was a big, uh, it was, it was very popular. I just want to also follow up uh, the cars that I couldn't, you know, that had, uh, I think it was Jay follow up on um that he bought uh those four like five by seven sets uh he sent it off to uh one of the auction houses and immediately said it was done in the 70s oh that's too bad so, yeah the ones that we didn't with the ones that we weren't sure about the ones right that, right yeah. so but, but another thing if you're buying or if you're even selling do a little research and you know to see you know make sure this stuff is authentic because you never know well, hey, I'll tell, I'll give you a quick story. I was at um, there's a grading company in, in New Hampshire. They've only been around for a couple of years. Well, I was up in the corporate headquarters, did the tour of their place. So it's really it was nice. But they had a a guy that had stopped in the day before. He dropped off um, four or five Babe Ruth Gaudi cards, and when you looked at the condition of them, they weren't good. You know, what I mean, it would have been a one if they if they were graded. They were ones, but they were raw. So they wanted the guy wanted him them to look at him and, and uh, grade him so he could could sell him and uh they you know looked at him and you look you, you know you look at him and I, I they showed me him the next day you look at him and they look they look good the whoever whoever did it did did a good job but they're they're all fake they were all fake they they you know they brought it under a, uh, ultraviolet light and you could just tell there was the way the printing wasn't from 1930s it was from now now they just made it look fake they, they made him look fake so you got to be careful, even if it look it looks realty. If you're going to invest real serious money, make sure either it gets certified, uh, is certified by somebody, or you have an out so that if you do buy it and it, you send it to PSA or, or JSA or wherever, and they say it's no good, you got you got to protect yourself some someone one way or another. I mean, if you buy it from an auction house, you know some you know some of them, some of them are more credible than others. You don't have to worry about. If it's some small auction house, you got to worry. Or if you buy them, some you know, you know, someone like myself who I, I don't advertise it as much as I used to, but everything I sell has a lifetime guarantee. Right, and so, you got. Uh, I mean, you're you're honorable, and you got to protect your reputation. So you you don't want, you know, and you're and you're human too. So there, are, it could it could happen. You can't you can't say for one hundred percent certain that that it's fake. It's not fake, but you're you're you've done your best your due diligence because you've got it certified by somebody else to to say that it's it's a, a real I, mean, I i try to make good on any any mistakes that i make yeah the, the key thing especially on cars when you're buying you know and you don't you know you go to a flea market or a garage sale you got to look carefully at i mean i help i help out a fa- uh, one of the biggest um tag sale women in 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 new york Every now and I look at look at stuff and I, I tell her, okay, this stuff is just you know there was. Oh, actually, I stayed there to help her. Very good. I stayed there while people were coming and going. They were asking me questions, and there was a bunch of Jordan cards that looked like they were rookie cards, but they weren't. They weren't really rookie cards. If you looked at it carefully, the the, the printing was off. Yeah. So you know, you got to be very careful. Yeah. I mean, the. the the you know the hunt is the best part about our business uh, you know in, in antiques period 
but you just got to be a smart buyer. Right. And, and you know what, the more, the older I get, the more I learn this, that if it's too good to, to be, be true, true, it probably isn't. Right. <laughs> right. And if you have, if you have questions and you want to know, you know, you got to call a friend or go on, you know, Google it and see what this says. Well, I, I saw on, on uh, Facebook marketplace last week, I think somebody had a, they was trying to sell a, a rookie uh, Bowman Brady card and it had, they were trying to sell it for $300. And I was like, that definitely can't be real. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, there's no way, no one, no one's going to sell a rookie, whatever, way undervalued if there's, if they, if they have any, if they don't have any doubt about it, you know? No, what? Someone's, but someone's going to make that mistake and say, oh, the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Brady card, 300 bucks. I'll, I'll take a shot on it. No, it's true. Like our friend uh, Jay, they took the shot at for 50 bucks when it's only worth about 10 bucks. Yeah. Right. You don't know. So, but yeah, I mean, he's lucky. At least he didn't. Um, right. He didn't spend $5,000 on, on it. Right. You know, he thought he had, he thought he had a diamond in the rough. Well, it's too bad. So guys, if you have anything you'd like to have, let's take a look at, please send it to me at ttmcast.yahoo.com. We have uh, graduations coming up. We have Father's Day coming up. We have Mother's Day coming up. Uh, Check out Les. Les is leswolfsportsllc.com. That's his website. You can check out a lot of his stuff there. He is also on eBay. He has uh, sports autographs with a Z. Um, check out his store on eBay. There's all sorts of cool stuff. Um, anything uh, Anything else, Les, you want to mention? Um, just, you know, I, I think the biggest part about collecting is really enjoying it. and having Great, Have fun. Have fun doing it, and I, and I think that's the biggest thing we have to always remember that we're doing something that we love, and we're having fun doing it. All right, bud, go Yankees. <laughs> go Knicks. Go Rangers. Yeah, and go go Bruins. My Bruins choked last night. That Celtics choked two nights ago. It's not a it's not a happy uh, week for Boston sports fans right now. Hey. And I read something. My Red Sox can't pitch for worth a lick. Well, you 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 had so many problems, you know, with you know letting uh, Bogart Bogats. I know. Go. You know what? I, this we'll, we'll we'll talk about this for a second. But this plan that the that the Red Sox have in, in quotes to have one superstar and, and a bunch of spare parts, and that's what they have. And uh, it doesn't make any sense. The the you know they got they let Betts go, they let Bogarts go, they had uh, Kyle Schwarber, and they let him go. They had a they've had a lot of a Hunter Renfro, who's got like seven or eight home runs already this year. They traded him for Jack, Jackie Bradley Jr. of all people. They just I can't I don't understand what they're doing what they're trying to do. Basically, what they're trying to do is you have Chaim Bloom the. Uh... Former GM with it. Yeah, he's going to be gone. He is not. He will not be here next year. Well, he's just trying to. He's trying to cut their budget down. Which no, they, I know he's a nice. He's a nice Jewish kid, but he's he he, he doesn't have it. <laughs> not here anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I think he's. Uh, I, think he, I think he is building in the right direction. I don't. the The farm system isn't that good. I just they they have they oh. they have a lot of problems. Well, a lot of people just don't realize um, that it takes time to build that farm. No, I know, but 
they, they have a major league team that that is that has no speed. The defense is subpar. The starting pitching is atrocious, and they have little to no power other than Devers. So um, it's just is that all that's wrong with them? That's not bad. Sorry. Is that all that's wrong with them? That's yeah, that's all that's wrong. So it's going to be a long season for my Red Sox. But we will we will have fun watching the playoffs. You have fun watching the playoffs. And I will uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. All right? Sounds good. Stay well. Okay, Take care. Be good. Bye. Well, Les was great uh, talking about a really – a hard subject to talk about, right? Everyone's mortality mm-hmm. and what you do with your your collection before before you're gone. So you know, as we get older, you, we some stuff to think about. And even you know, you're you're 39 now, and you, you know, you, what are you going to do with the collection in 20 years, right? Or 30 years, or 40 mm-hmm. years, or or how 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 much longer you have? have or, you know, what I mean, so it's it's interesting to things to consider. So it was really interesting to hear from less about that. Yeah. I mean, my wife has already asked me, uh, said like, you know, you don't have a plan for what, what's going to happen to these if you, if you croak tomorrow or anything like that. And I'm like, talk to Aaron, talk to Chris, talk to Larry. Those three guys will help you sell everything and get the most for it. I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> that, that's my plan right now. Yeah. It's not, it's not the best plan. Or <laughs> yeah, probably not. But yeah. so well, that's kind of what my, one of my goals for two, the rest of 2023 is to get my collection kind of inventoried and, and better situation yep. sit down with paula and the kids and say hey you know this this uh wayne gretzky rookie card's worth money but the, but this uh don marcott 1980 card's not worth anything so don't really right. worry about that one so something to think about well i hope you enjoyed my uh, talk with Les. next up we're gonna have a little collector's corner and now it's time for collector's corner let's hear from our collector this week sponsored by collects the free app that shows you the value of your card collection. Scan and catalog your cards, follow other users, and buy and sell with other collectors. That's Collex, C-O-L-L-X. So we love Collector's Corner because we get to talk to collectors that, that are serious about collecting and, and people that are in, in the hobby. And uh, I really, I wanted to bring on Russell Savage from 757cardshows.com because he's the he runs the kind of show that I like kind of old-fashioned show no he doesn't charge any money to get into the show he always has great autograph guests that are that are local to his area and he does his shows in virginia beach area and uh he doesn't charge a lot for these guys so you know he's really he's he's a collector's collector if you know what i mean and i I love i I love talking to uh, russ about his show and we talked to uh russ he brought along sam allen who played in the negro negro leagues he played like three four three or four years in the negro leagues when it was at the end of negro leagues so it was really interesting to talk to sam about uh his interaction with some of the the greats in the negro league including satchel page and uh talk to him about you know traveling and and the hardships they ran you know riding the buses and and all that kind of stuff in the Mm -hmm. in the south and some of the segregation and discriminations that he encountered so it was a really good interview. So please enjoy my interview with Sam Allen, who's a Negro League outfielder who played with the Kansas City Monarchs and a couple other teams, and Russell Savage from 757cardshows.com. All right, guys, it's time to talk to uh, 
a legend, a baseball legend, and a card promoter. We're going to talk a, a little baseball cards, a little little Negro League, and, and learn more about what's going on. I'm going to have Russell Savage from 757 Card Show One. We've had him on before. And Sam Allen. Sam played in the Negro League from 1957 to 1959. He played with the Kansas City Monarchs, the Raleigh Tigers, and the Memphis Red Sox. And we're going to talk to him about his career and about signing autographs and stuff. So welcome, guys. Hey, hey thanks for I, having us on, Jeff. I played part of the season in 55. Played part of 55 season, a few games with the Memphis Red Sox. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm a Red Sox fan, so. <laughs> this was the Memphis Red Sox. <laughs> so, Any Sox that are red, right? <laughs> you know what, Sam? Let, let, let's talk a little about um, your career and about you, you coming up and, and playing professional ball. Uh, you know, in in high school and th and through uh, school, was that something you always wanted to do? Is to play professional well, ball? Well, you know, I always had the luxury of living close to the ballpark because I used to live on Cottage Toe Road, and uh, my grandfather, we used to walk to High Rock Park, which was on Church in Rugby Street. That was walking distance from our house in so Virginia, was, right? Yeah, yeah, Norfolk. Yeah, Norfolk. Yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, the Norfolk Towers used to have the Piedmont League back in the back in the late forties and the fifties. You remember the Norfolk Towers? I do not. <laughs> yeah, so that that was a team. Uh, that was a New York Yankee farm class B ball for the Yankees. Okay, so who, had, who were some of the players like who White some of the, Ford? Who were White some of the guys Ford? you got to play, see play? Huh? Who were some of the guys you got to see play? Oh yeah, Whitey Ford. Uh, Jim Coates pitched, uh, Bill Verdon, Lou uh, Skeezers, uh, Bill Skyron, Miss Davidson, and uh, Mayo Smith. He was the one of the managers. He ended sure. up yeah, going to the majors. And uh, Bill Verdon played in the majors. Uh, Bobby Richardson, I saw him the first Sunday he played. They had a general manager, uh, name was H.P. Dawson. He was a Yankee scout. So when and, you uh, saw when you saw these guys play as a as a youngster and into high school, did you say, "Hey, I can I can play with these guys. I I have, I have a shot to to play." Well, I tell you what guys. happened <clears throat> in nineteen fifty one. You know the Giants when the Giants beat the Dodgers, Willie Mays was the rookie of the year. But then nineteen fifty two, Mays was drafted into the Army. You know those two years that he. Spent in army, he would have been the uh, probably the home run king, but that's what killed him. And then going out, you know, Candlestick Park, you know, so that that worked against it. But I had an opportunity. He was stationed at Fort Houston, which is across the water, and he played on the. Uh, they had a military team that played during the week, and on the weekend he had he had a little all star team. So they play in Lynchburg that Sunday afternoon and uh, went some Salem on Sunday night. So I was I had a chance to play with them. I think I played the first week. I hit about three foul balls. They had a lot of left-handed pitchers. So that's how I learned how to hit left-handed pitching. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, it was a great experience for me. And I started uh, that was my, my first I knew that but playing with Mays, that was that was a great experience. And he played just as hard when he was playing on the weekend as he did when he was playing. He thought he was playing with the Giants. 
Was he was he as talented as everyone says, even at the end? One of the greatest. One of the greatest. I told you, if he hadn't spent them two years in the Army, he would have broke Babe Ruth's record. Yeah. So coming up, how did how did you uh, make the transition from playing high school ball to being uh, drafted? In, well, play- well, what happened? What happened? We had um, semi-pro ball. We would go. We every Sunday, we would go down Carolina, and we had. I remember one year we went to Oakville. They had ten of us in one car. We go. We one <laughs> <Little> car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a big pack, and and, and the car. They had a rejected sticker, and the guy that was driving didn't have any driver's license. The state trooper put him in jail. Uh-huh. But we had a sailor with us that had some license, so we were able to make it back home. But uh, it was a great experience playing semi-pro ball, and that was that was above the uh, high school level. Yep. I played that a few years, and uh, then a friend of mine, uh, I don't know, was a scout in this area named Harry Posto. We used to work out with Clyde McCullough, uh, Anthony. Uh, he was in playing organized ball. He was in the Yankee team. And we used to all work out at City Park on Sundays. And uh, Harry Posto was a scout for the uh, Chicago White Sox. But the White Sox didn't have that many farm teams. So he told me, so Sam said, I don't want to sign you. And we go down there and, and, and you get cut. So I realized that I didn't, at, at that time, I didn't realize, but I realized it later. You know, if you go down to camp and you got a lot of ball players down there, and, and most of those ball players that they, they've given that uh, bonus to it, they're going to look at, they don't look after them. See? Yeah. So you, so you thought the playing in the Negro Leagues uh, in the 50s was giving you a great opportunity to showcase your talent? Oh, yeah, but that came later. You see, but, but my intention was not playing the Negro League. I was playing organized ball. It hurt yep. me. But but God knows, you know, as you stepped, it was best that I did play in the Negro League because I get a little stifles now. But if I had played in organized ball, I probably wouldn't be getting a dime then. <laughs> Things worked so, out. So it was a pretty it was a pretty good it was a pretty good payday back then. Huh? It was a pretty good payday back then for you. No, no, payday. make a hundred and fifty dollars a month. I mean, <laughs> yeah, more players. You had more players that played in the Negro League, played one year, and didn't come back after uh, playing one year because you ride that bus all over the country, and you had $2 a day meal. You couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you play tonight, and then you get on the bus, and you ride 500 miles to the next night. So it was, it was, it was tough. Yeah, so you really, you really had to love baseball and love the game. And- oh, yeah, 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 for the love of the game. You really, you had to love it. You love it. But, where did uh, you have your, your most success? You played in Kansas City and Raleigh and Memphis. Where, where, where yeah, did you have your well, most success? With the uh, Monarchs, well, that was one of the, the, you know, that was the team, the Jackie Robinson, Satchel. I got a chance to see Satchel. And I had a manager named William Dizzy Dismute. He had been in the Negro League about 40 years. He was with the Monarchs. Wow. He was the one who signed Jackie Robinson. Hmm. He was my manager. He was about 80-some years old at that time. And he signed Ernie Banks and Baker and all those guys. Uh, Elson Howard. Yeah, he, he, was, he was a well-known knight. Looked like a preacher. He dressed up, wore a suit every day. He didn't, um, like, uh, what was his name with the Dodgers? Bert Shad was the manager of the Dodgers. 
in 47, you know, because he had promised his wife that he wasn't going to put on a uniform anymore. So uh, Branch Rickett said, well, look, man is in your suit and you won't be telling a lie. So that's what he did. He didn't wear a uniform, baseball uniform. Yeah, because Leo got suspended. Leo yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah they had to get Bert shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> had to drag him back. Yeah. Did, did the, <laughs> the, the, the fan, did the fans treat you like big leaguers? Uh, you know, the Negro League fans. Oh yeah, certain, like certain, certain. See, I came, I came in the league in the later years, but cities like Birmingham, Birmingham was a city that was a mecca. At that time, and I came there, a lot of good ball players from Birmingham. Because half of the league, the players were from Birmingham. Because you played in Birmingham on a Sunday, you made you had ten thousand fans in Birmingham. That was Birmingham and Memphis were the two cities that could see because the Memphis Red Sox, the Martins, they owned their own ballpark. Okay, but uh, it had fans in those two cities. But the rest of the part of the country. Uh, after integration, the fans it fell off. No. Yeah. What what part what park did you like playing in best? Did you like playing Kansas City or Birmingham or Memphis or Raleigh? What what parks did you like best? Ebbs Field. That was my best. Oh really? In New York. Yeah. We played. I played in 1959 next to the last game at Ebbs Field. Uh, in the next week. Uh, uh, Satchel Page All Stars. They came in, and uh, after that, that, that week they tore it down. But I had good days in in New York. Yeah, I had Evans Field. I had a couple, couple times. I had a couple home runs at Evans Field. And I always had good days in New York. Evans Field. Then I played Yankee Stadium, and um, I played against because the Monarchs had traded me away, and I hit a triple out by the, the old Yankee Stadium by the Monument, and uh, we scored one run. And we beat him one to nothing, you know. Yeah. Did you did you get to hit against Satchel Page and was he as good as everyone said that he was? Yeah, he was better than they say he was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Satchel, you know, Satchel played up until 1952. Yeah, I would have probably gone with Satchel in 60, but I got drafted into the army. But then he had an all-star team that went up in Canada. He would pitch two or three innings a the game. Sometimes when you show up, he might pitch the start of the game. Uh, Satchel had his fishing rod, and uh, he would go fishing, and he had a grill and a cooler where they would clean them and cook them you know, up there in Canada, those lakes. Yeah, but he pitched, he pitched up to 52 up in Canada, 62 up in Canada. So you, but you got drafted in 1960, and that kind of der derailed your professional career. But you yeah, still yeah, played. That, you still played when you were in the army, right? Yeah, I played. Yeah, I played at Fort Bragg. I played uh, baseball and football at uh, Fort Bragg. Yeah, I was eighty second. Did you play yeah, against any? Other, did you play against or with any other future major leaguers? Uh, no. In um, when I was in '59, uh, Billy Williams with the Cubs, his brother Frank was my roommate and uh it was a travesty that he didn't make it to the majors because he was he hit he was from down in uh mobile area with hank aaron and all of them you would have thought he was hank aaron the way he hit and he could hit had good arm and could run but i know it was, it was a lot of a lot of good ball players that got washed out because and that was the beginning um uh, it had integrated but most of the 
minor league, a lot of the minor league towns, you, you had a quota system. So you wouldn't have maybe one or two black ball players on the team. And one of them had to be a pitcher. Okay. Yeah, but uh, and a lot of the great ball players never got a chance to make it. I saw a lot of good ball players that should have made it, but they didn't get the chance. Now, are you surprised? You, ha- you haven't played professional ball since 1959, yet you be- you, su- you sign autographs at Russell's uh, shows. Are you surprised people still want your autograph and are interested? Oh, yeah. In well, I, not only I sign at Russell's, I go to Chantilly. I sign autographs at yep. Chantilly. And I'm one of the two players that go to the All-Star game every year. So I was in Denver the year before last. We signed autographs in Iowa. First day, and then the the day of the All-Star game, we signed an hour. So this year, last year I was in L.A., so this year I'm looking forward to go to Seattle. Cool. So I now, get a uh, sign with we, the big boys, Amos Otis and a lot of the, the big major league. Yeah, players. but he got to hang out with C.C. Sabathia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> were, were you a uh, – Sam, were you a collector when you were playing? Did you collect uh, – memorabilia when you were collecting did you keep no your... no you didn't you didn't think about collecting you riding a, you riding that bus you on that road man look let me tell you you play a game you take a hot the only was a good thing that we had was that most of all had a good hot water tank and we could take a hot shower <laughs> and what you would do you would uh put your uniform in a bag and the Motor, you put your, your suitcase and all your stuff was in the back of the bus because the motor was in the back. And when you the next day, when you got to the town, man, that, that motor that uh, uniform would be wet, she'd be steaming. You, you had to get to the ballpark early, hang it out so it could dry out, you know, so you could get close to the guy next to you. We're speaking with Sam Allen. Sam played uh, in the Negro Leagues from 1957 to 59. He also played uh, a couple games in 1955. And Russell Savage, who is a promoter, a card promoter from 757cardshow.com. He's got a show on May 6th at the Virginia Beach Fieldhouse. Uh, Russell, uh, you know, you, you, you've been working with Sam for a little while. Uh, are you surprised how many people are interested in, in getting Sam's autograph and, and, and how popular he has been? Oh, I'm I'm never surprised. I mean, it's it's I uh, the surprise is I'd be able to come such good friends with them, um, <laughs> and you know, just listening to his stories. You know, I I grew up playing ball myself. I played all the way through college, and um, and then it's just I luckily got into promoting the sports card show, so I get to meet people like Sam and and Sam. He's a you know we're in Norfolk, Virginia, and he's a he's a Norfolk, Virginia legend through and through, born and bred, and still living here. Uh, I mean, he'll tell you stories about Norfolk itself that you never knew. <laughs> you Why don't you tell us a little about the what's in store for your show on the sixth? And I know you have a trade sh- trade night on the the fifth. Why don't you tell us a little about what you have in store uh, for the show? And if someone uh, is not in your area, can they uh, access you know get access to some of your autograph guests? Yeah, so. You know, we got our, our big, we run a quarterly show at the Virginia Beach Fieldhouse. We run a monthly show here at the at a bingo hall with about 90 tables. But every quarter we run a big show and it's about 185. I think we're getting up to about 190 tables capacity. Uh, you know, the night before we host a trade night for the collectors in the area. Uh, we probably have upwards of 100 people come and, you know, it's it's a 
it's just a really neat time for we feed people too so that's probably why some of them come but uh, <laughs> but you know it, it's just a, a great environment for collectors and our vendors to kind of just get together trade cards talk about cards uh eat some food and then saturday's the the main event where our show is you know from 10 to 4 in the afternoon we've got We've had upwards of as many as 10 autograph guests. Um, the next one we got coming up, we've got my good buddy here, Sam Allen, will be there. We've got uh, another Norfolk legend in his own right, uh, Dwight Gooden, who played his AAA ball, a little bit of AAA ball here in Norfolk. And, uh, you know, I think by, by the time you release this, it'll probably be out in the public, but he'll be throwing out the first pitch. Uh, at the Tides game the night before our show. Oh, that's so great. We were, able to, we were able to get with the Tides to have them do that. Um, and then we've got uh, Bill Madlock, Sid Bream, and then some football players. We've got Mike Nelms, who played with the Washington Redskins, Chris Samuels, who played for the Washington Redskins, and then uh, former Old Dominion football player, which is here in Norfolk, uh, Tyler Heineke, who – was with the Washington Commanders, but then now just signed with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And also, we've got, uh, and we'll be, well, I'm announcing it Monday, so by the time this airs, it'll it'll be it'll be truth. But uh, Andrew Friedman, who's a an artist for Tops, yep, uh, he'll be here at the show and and have some of the artwork that he's done for Tops and be able to sign. He's He's making a poster specifically for our show um, that we'll be able to sell and we'll sign at the show also. So, so if some some of my listeners want, they can't make it down to the Virginia Beach area on May sixth. If they want to get an autograph from Bill Madlock or Sid Bream or Sam Allen or, or uh, Dwight Gooden, they can send in a card or a baseball or anything or photo. In uh, the price, and the prices will be on your website, and they can they can uh, send something in to get signed. Is that true? Yeah, they can go to our website, which is www.757cardshows.com. Uh, you can reach us on Instagram or Twitter, again, at 757cardshows, uh, or email us directly, and that's 757cardshows at gmail.com. Uh, we'll have the pricing here for everybody here listed real soon, but if anybody's got anything they want to mail in, or we've got plenty of cards, and we actually... Uh, one of our vendors, she's a great graphic artist. She makes some custom images for us for a lot of the guests that we bring in. And uh, so we'll have five by sevens and eight by tens if, if somebody wants to take advantage of uh, uh, that really cool artwork that she does that we will have created. Sam, did you did you have a, a card when you were playing? Did you have a, a baseball card when you were playing? No, man, we had a baseball card. <laughs> I just got a card, I guess. About twenty years after, you know, we didn't we didn't have baseball cards <laughs> because Did, one thing we we didn't stay still long enough to do anything. We were, we were running from town to town, man. We 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 uh once we were on the road, man, we we started rolling. Yeah, you didn't have time for anything. How many games would you all play in the season? Yeah, I was gonna say, how many games did you, you play, guys play? You play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, one game. Friday, you play doubleheader. Saturday, you play doubleheader. In some Sundays you might play two double headed. Yeah. Did did you ever get did you ever get an autograph from Satchel Page or Jackie Robinson or any of the the No, I, mean, I, I, I wasn't an autograph seat. I never never did get an autograph. I always shook hands and taking pictures with them, you know, but boys getting autographs, I didn't think about it. 
Do you, do you have did you get any do you have any pictures for from that that time with these some of the players? I I doubt what what did I do? I had some pictures, but uh I got rid of them. I, I wasn't that interested because after I stopped playing, I went into service, you know. I just thought that was the end of it. Yeah. What did and, what did you do after the service? What did, what what was well, your vocation? After I went to service, I came out, I was a longshoreman, then I was a tile setter. And I went in business for myself. And uh, but uh, what happened in 2019, let's see, 2004, Major League Baseball started a program where they started giving the Negro League players stifles. Okay, good. And, uh, yeah, but I had to, I had the time, but uh, I didn't really get mines until. Uh, 2016. They had it's a long time. If you remember, I was a fellow that was on. It was his passion. A little fellow named Cam Barone. He was on national TV. But what he would do, he would get on the computer and look up all of the old newspapers. And his passion was to get uh, the time for Negro League players so we could get our pension. But he was the one that found my time for me. Because he had told me uh, about 10 years before, he said, yeah, you got the time, but I got to find it, you know. So then when, uh, in 2016, he, he called me and said, yeah, but what Major League Baseball did do, though, they made my payment retroactive, so they gave me the back money. Oh, that's nice. And everything is good. Everything is good. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, it really is a blessing what Major League Baseball has done for, you know, those former New League players. And, you know, it's, it's it's a blessing for our show to have somebody like Sam, you know, that, that played and that it kind of connects, you know, those players of, of Jackie and, and yeah. Willie. I'm standing, on, I'm standing on the shoulders of the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I get to sit next to the guy standing on the shoulders, so it makes me feel great too. So, <laughs> Russell, have you guys uh, can stick, continue to see um, a lot of people? You know, a lot of attention attendance at the shows, and a lot of interest in the hobby, even as things have kind of quieted down in 2023. I really wouldn't say it's it's it, it's it the hobby itself has really changed. You know, everything that you talk about in the hobby, you talk about pre-COVID, post-COVID. And there was a time right in the midst of COVID where people were using the hobby as a way to make money. And it, it, it got kind of funny with how much money people were spending at a time to, to make money off of it. But now I, I think there are more collectors in the space right now today than there was in, probably in a long time. It, you know, that, that person walking through the door might not be spending, you know, X amount of dollars like they were 18 months ago, two months or two years ago, but there's, there's a lot more collectors. I mean, you look at our show, uh, the show that we took over, you know, was maybe 40 tables and that was almost three years ago. And we've grown it to, you know, right now we're at capacity where we're at at about 190 tables. Uh, we're actually starting in August where we're moving. It's in the same same field house, mm -hmm. but 
instead of being on the soccer practice field, we're taking over all four basketball courts that they've got in there. And we should be able to get that up to about 250 tables for the vendors and then a lot more space for our autograph guests. Cause you know, we've seen that the, 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 the larger the name that we bring in, the, the bigger the lines are. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, a, a 180 by 90 foot practice field. It's a, you know, my partner and I, we thought, oh, we'll never be able to fill this space to, man, we need to find a bigger space here, you know, just six shows later after this. So, um, and we're also looking at in, in November, turning it into a two day show or it's a Saturday, Sunday show. And you've, you've kept it affordable as well, right? Is there, is there still no charge to, to come to the show? Yeah, it's still free admission. Uh, we're, we're fighting tooth and nail to, to keep that going. Um, you know, as our expenses go up, you know, it, it hits us a lot, especially the table rentals, uh, the, the, the the rental of the venue itself. Um, you know, I I I, I feel you. Know, we're we're gonna fight it as long as we can to keep it free. I mean, I mean, at this juncture right now, I mean, on the East Coast, I mean, we are the largest show on the East Coast that does not charge admission. So. Sam, I know you, you get to meet a lot of fans, people that either, either saw you play or, or, or heard about you play or, or fans of the uh, the Negro League. Uh, did Have you had any former teammates uh, come by or fam, former teammates' family come by and say, hey, we you know, we, I, we, I, my, you played with my dad or you played with my uncle? Or You know, I, I got uh, a couple of friends of mine that I played with. Uh, Ed Hudson, he lives in... Richmond, Virginia, he played with the uh, Detroit Stars. He's from Williamsburg, but he's in the wheelchair. I talked with him last week, and I got a buddy, Larry Legrand, who lives in Roanoke, played with him. He played with the Memphis Red Sox and uh, Detroit Stars, and he's in the bed. He's sick, so there's not many of us left. No, I know. It's... It's sad. Yeah, they, he was a little younger. Now I'm. I'll be uh, a couple of weeks. I'll be eighty-seven. So I'm. There's just about about four four players left. Uh, Robin Gleason is in his ninety. He's ninety-eight. He's almost a hundred. He's still preaching. He's in Birmingham. It's just about six of us that's living that played over one year. And there were a lot of players that played Negro League didn't play for one year. And they had sense enough not to go back anymore because they, <laughs> they didn't want to that ride that bus and get that little bit of money, you know, that little hundred and fifty dollars. That hot bus with no AC, right? Yeah. Now that <laughs> the, 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 no the park in Birmingham is still there, correct? The the, the stadium. Greenwood. That you guys yeah, Greenwood. That's the oldest oldest one in the country. Yeah, they, yeah. they restored that. Have you been back there at all? Yeah, I was there uh, I think about five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so they do a nice little they still thing. play and what they do the the Birmingham team once a year uh they play a game at that park. They play one game there a year. For the Barons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you had it sounds like you had you've had great interaction with, with uh current players and, and guys that have recently retired. You talked about CC Sabathia and Amos Otis, and they they uh they seem to appreciate what you did to help paved the way for them is it was that is that true oh yeah oh yeah yeah when we go to the all-star game we did have a place for us the legends with major league baseball 
they have a special hotel where we stay and they, they have a special uh, eating facilities for us. All of us eat together. Nice. Yeah. Do you still, do you have any of the uniforms from, from when you played? No, we, look, when you were playing, when you got your last payday, if you didn't turn that uniform in, you didn't get your money. <laughs> so, so you had a choice. You could keep the uniform. Keep, keep the raggedy uniform or get paid, right? Turn that uniform Yeah, in, here's your uniform. Yeah. And get, and get that little bit of money. So I got that little bit of money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I don't blame it. Russell, why don't you just give everyone the, the, uh, the the scoop on the show again and if they have interested in getting any of the autographs what they what they do and uh you know if they want to attend how they do that all right well it, it's the show is may 6th it's at the virginia beach field house in virginia beach virginia uh it's a free admission show again like a, like a, to our knowledge it's the largest show on the east coast that's that's free admission uh we've got 190 ish tables of vendors and that's from Baseball cards to we've got comic book vendors, Pokemon cards to uh, any type of collectibles. But you know, it's it's main it's again it's mainly a sports card collectibles show. And then we've got a really great lineup of autograph guests from my good buddy Sam Allen, Dwight Gooden, Bill Madlock, Sid Bream, Tyler Heineke, Chris Samuels, Mike Nelms. Uh, so we've got a great lineup on that. And then uh, tops artist. I think he works on Project 70, I think it's what it was with yeah. the tops. And um, uh, Andrew Friedman, he'll be there uh, with some of his artwork, and he'll be able to sign it also. Yeah, I met Mike Nelms at the National last year in Atlantic City. And oh, uh, yeah. Him and his, his brother-in-law, I think it was, and they were great guys. I we, we I spoke to them for, for a while, very, very, very uh, social. And I think yeah, uh, this is the second time we've had – we've had Mike at the – our bingo hall show. Uh, now we're bringing him back. Uh, you know, cause he lives, I think in the Fredericksburg area, which is, you know, three hours from here. So, yep. you know, we try and we try and have our guests have some type of local ish connection, either they're from here or played on an East coast team. All right, guys, guys, you have really a week. It's the, it's the next weekend is the show. So if you want to get anything, uh, signed. If you have anything you want to get signed from any of their autograph guests, go to 757cardshows.com and you can get all the information there. And you can you gotta you gotta get your stuff out pretty quickly, okay? So uh get it get it out to Russell and the get addresses. It or we've got we've got plenty of items to be signed. Tell them show up. We 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 be selling. Yeah. Yep. And if you can yeah. and if you're in the area, make sure you say you say hello to Sam and all, all the guys that are signing. It's a great show free of charge it's a uh, it's kind of an old-fashioned show you know it's the it's the old old-time old uh baseball card show from you remember from the, the the 80s and 90s right russell oh yeah yep <laughs> all right guys thank you i really appreciate your time i wish you the best of luck russell thank you sam thank you for your time it was a pleasure meeting you best of luck at the show have a great time at the all-star game in seattle you'll have you'll have you'll have fun it's a great city I, one oh, yeah. more question for you sam and I'll, and I'll let you go what on the road where was where was the best food who had the best food when you were on the on the road the best food yeah well you were getting two dollars a day meal money so. <laughs> yes but remember that was some in the, some 50s, of the restaurants so went a little hey, farther Dairy queen look I'm gonna tell you why I like Dairy Queen. I was <laughs> Dairy Queen because everybody had to get 
they serve everybody through the window. See, some of the other restaurants want you to go to the back door and didn't want to serve you, but Dairy Queen served everybody through the window. So All right, well, what, what uh, we should go to at Dairy Queen? Yeah, Dairy Queen, yeah. Yeah, Dairy Queen. My my wife loves Dairy Queen. We, we went to, we were in Florida for spring training a couple weeks ago. I think right. we went to Dairy Queen four times out of four days out of five. <laughs> oh, she yeah. loves Dairy Queen. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm Dairy Queen. Yeah, because the rest of the restaurants they, yeah, they no, we don't want to serve. You know, but Dairy Queen, come on, give me that money. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, go keep keep Dairy Queen going, guys. Go to Dairy Queen. Thank you, Sam Russell. Thank you, and you hey, guys, thanks, Jeff. Best of luck on the show. Okay. All right. All right. I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, Collex. Looking up the values of trading cards can be a chore, but now there's an app that makes getting the market price as simple as snapping a photo. The app is called Collex, C-O-L-L-X, and it's free in the App Store and in Google Play. After you scan your cards and get the values, you can build out your collection, list cards for sale, and make deals with other Collex users to buy and sell cards. Now you can get $10 towards your first card purchase and collects Marketplace. Just send me an email at ttmcast at yahoo.com and we'll get you a $10 coupon. Get collects today. It's free and get $10 towards your first card purchase. Just send me an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com and make sure you put $10 in your subject line. Well, Drew, my last question I asked Sam is I asked Sam, I said, Sam, you know, you had all this great food on the road. What was the, what was your favorite place, Tom, to go play, face to go, to go to get food? And Sam says, Dairy Queen. Nice. <laughs> and it was Dairy Queen because they could go to the front of the counter or the front of the, the pickup window and they could get their food right there. And they weren't discriminated against by anyone at Dairy Queen. And that, that was kind of neat. neat yeah, definitely good to know that. So it was a great interview with Sam. And uh, again, if you you, you want to get anything signed by any of the guys, guess that Russell's going to have on his show coming up in May, May 6th, get those cards out to him uh, in the next couple of days and uh, he'll he'll make that happen. All right. Check the you can check his website for prices and, uh, and availability of these guys as well. Well, that wraps up Collector's Corner. Next up is. Making the grade. Making the grade. Making the Grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. Get your graded cards in the hobby's best holder. CSG's holders are crystal clear, secure, and make every card in your collection stand out. And the best part is the price. Get your sports cards graded for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. Go to csgcards.com. Making the grade. Making the grade is the summary of what's been going on in the grading community. There's always a lot of stuff to talk about. We have some uh, weekly grading results from the 17th to the 23rd. Yes, we do. Uh, we talked about before that magic numbers across all four of the major, uh, the big four grading companies seems to be about 350,000 cards and shakes out to about that uh, this week as well. ESA, 306,000 cards went through their offices. That's a 5% increase right there. SGC saw 22,700 cards. It's a drop of 17%. CSG, an increase of 18,000, a total of 18,900 cards. That's an increase of 85%, nearly doubling their total from the previous week. 
Beckett down a little bit, 31% drop to 11,500 cards. Yeah, it's just nice to see that a lot of cards are still going through the system. And, and uh, you know, they, they they go up and down and, you know, CSG had a slow week, couple weeks and then now they're back up and SGC had a couple spat, big uh, weeks and they're down. And Beckett was up for a while and then they were down and they've been kind of yo-yoing, but PSA just keeps plugging along, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what happens when, I mean, that's the that's the thing you specialize in. You're the big name in it and you've got this big old new building to do it all out of. Yeah, well, good for them. Hey, we got we got a, a a segment that we've been doing now for I don't know two months. How long we've been doing the the big three, Drew? Yeah, I think it's been about two months or so. Okay. All right. Next up is the big, the big three. three. This week's big three is brought to you by Gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at Gemrate.com. Well, the big three is brought to you by our friends at Gemrate.com. Gemrate.com sponsors it. They This is uh, exclusive statistics that they send just to us, to TTMcast. So it's the only place you're going to find the big three. And the big three is the uh, the top three uh, risers and the top three droppers, followers. We we still haven't come up with a big one on that, uh, the right name on that yeah. for the week. So the three, three risers is Jordan Walker, who's a Cardinals prospect. He was up 88%, which is unbelievable. So Jordan Walker's uh, rise was fueled by his 2020 Bowman Drafts Chrome first prospect card. Uh, it had an increase of 111% over the prior week. That card has now been graded more than 1,500 times across all the graders as of last week. So wow. Jordan Walker, big riser, 88%. Pablo Benchero, who is a... Uh, Played for, with the Magic. He's a, one of the NBA um, rising stars, right? I think he's going to win the Rookie of the Year, right? He's kind of. I think so. He's the Rookie of the Year guy. Yep. First well, overall pick in the draft too. So. Yeah, he saw he saw his um, grading go up eighty two percent, which is fantastic. And lastly, Brock Purdy from the 49ers, who has solidified his spot as a starter. I think he he is going to be the starter with San Francisco. He had a great uh, year, and he was he was like a sixth or seventh round pick right he was a he, he was mr irrelevant he was the yeah, very last, last pick, pick right, seventh round pick his grading was up 77 percent. so we there's three guys that are up all all young guys jordan walker up 88 percent. pablo bonchero up 82 percent. brock purdy up 77 percent. drew who are the guys that are falling a little the three biggest droppers from this week in the baseball world is adley rutschman prospect of course the orioles uh Rookie, I guess by now, second-year catcher, 28% drop in his gradings from the previous week. Do you think uh, that's because the Tops 2023 came out, everyone flooded the market for three or four weeks, and then it kind of slowed down? That is entirely possible, and it wouldn't surprise me if that is uh, the main reason for it there. Uh, Lionel Messi in the soccer world, he's seen a 24% drop, which is – pretty significant right there. I think he's been on the uh, dropping list a couple times there. A couple times. Uh, so it's, times. Yeah, I don't know what why. Yeah, nothing really coming to mind there. I mean, he just came off his uh, first career World Cup win, but that's my only guess is maybe it's kind of cooled off a little bit since then because yeah, it's been prob- about, what, maybe. six months since then. And uh, Luka Doncic has seen a 20% drop as well. I guess those uh, rumors about or the uh, fears that he may ask for a trade may be uh, fueling that a little bit as well. Yeah, and not being in the playoffs doesn't help, right? Too. Yep. So he, you're not in your, the forefront, even though he's a great player. Um, so those are three droppers were... That would be Adley Rutschman, Lionel Messi, and Luka Doncic. All right. That is from, of course, our friends at gemrate.com. 
Thank you, guys. If you, you're looking for any grading statistics, go to jeremate.com and they uh, present this these statistics as an exclusive to TTM cast listeners, and we really appreciate that. I should say appreciate. Let's get let's enunciate here, Jeff. Appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up making the grade. Next up is TTM cast stamp of approval. Yes. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. I invented this segment. Did you know that, Drew? I invented nice. the segment. <laughs> and I only did it for I mean, one stupid reason. Hmm. I wanted to talk about something other than cards for, for, for two minutes. <laughs> I mean, technically you kind of invented every single one of these segments, but yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the kind of, I know, but you know what? Off the wall I, I wanted to show people that we're more than just cards. Right. Yeah. Autographs. You know what I mean? And there's always like, cool TV shows that we're watching or books mm -hmm. we're reading or food that we're eating. And just, we want to just make sure we want to let people know into our lives and show the window of our lives a little, right? Right. Exactly. So Drew, why don't you do first? Cause I'm waiting breathlessly guys. When we, when we did the pre-show pre Drew was, didn't know what he was going to talk about. So I don't yeah. even know what he's going to talk about. This could, yeah, be anything, I mean... this could be anything from kangaroos to uh, tacos to some great record that he discovered. So what what do we got today, Drew? Yeah, I mean, it took me a while to think of this because I'm sitting here, I'm going, okay, what did I do this week? And I haven't really done much because, you know, we've got the lead up to the NFL draft here and everything and didn't buy any cards or anything like that. I mean, I bought some, but nothing really worth writing home about at all. And uh, got the stuff that I mentioned there from Clemente. So big thanks to him there. But it took me a second and I'm thinking, well, I have a stamp of disapproval because of something today. And then I'm like, wait a second. I go to the stamp of approval off of that, basically. So. My stamp of approval was the fact that Pearl Jam is going out on tour again. Oh, nice. They're, they're doing a very short American tour before going uh, overseas there. And they're actually going to be doing two shows here over in Fort Worth at Dickey's Arena, which is, I mean, I'm very familiar with that one because that's where the lacrosse team that Jen and I have season tickets for plays out of there. So, uh, yeah, the, unfortunately, that's that's the stamp of approval is the fact that they're going out on tour. The stamp of disapproval is that uh, I wasn't able to get tickets yet through Ticketmaster. I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to get them either now because Ticketmaster. So uh, we'll keep my fingers crossed here for the next couple of days, and hopefully I'll be able to uh, score some. I think tomorrow's when they go on sale for the general public. They had this thing where you could get like this pre-sale for them if you were a like verified fan or something like that, which is what uh, they wanted to do to make sure it keeps the tickets out of the hands of scalpers. It actually goes to Pearl Jam fans themselves, which I am one, and... I think it's a great idea for them to be able to do that. Unfortunately, there's a lot of fans out there trying to get tickets for that show, and it looks like I might not be one of them. So that kind of sucks, but uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I'll be able to get tickets for it. But uh, yeah, so Pearl Jam going out on tour again. That is, uh, that's my stamp of approval here. Very cool. See, he comes up with it every week. Pulled that one right, right out of the hat. He pulled the rabbit right, <laughs> right out of the hat. Nice job, Pearl Jam. Hey, uh, my stamp of approvals were in... Uh, Massachusetts here and spring is finally arriving and you know we get we get ice cream all, all the time but the, our um Dairy Queen is doesn't open all year it's only yeah. open a certain you know during the season because it's one of those ones where you're outside so obviously in February you can't go wait in line for Dairy Queen so my Dairy Queen we drove we're driving by it the other day and we saw it's open we got all excited nice. <laughs> so spring is here and when my go-to at Dairy Queen is I get I love the Buster Bar the Buster Bar is that one with the the chocolate covering and the and the hot fudge in it, and it's got the nuts in it. And it's on, on a on a stick. 
I, 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 I like, I like in the box of Buster Bars. This comes in six, six Buster Bars, and I don't care what the price is. It's just a, a little piece of heaven every time I get one. So that is my stamp of approval. Is spring is here, Dairy Queen is open, and now I can get Buster Bars again. So I'm all nice. kinds of excited. That's where we get lucky down in Texas. I mean, DQ signs, they call them a Texas stop sign because, I mean, they're all over the place down here. And they actually stay open year round here. They also have the regular like burger place restaurant with it as well here in Texas, usually, which well, we is have definitely difference. Because, I mean, when I was up in Ohio, we didn't have any of those. At all. It was just ice cream. And that was it. Yep. That's what we have. One that has food. Right. Um, but we call it the mean guy, Dairy Queen, because <laughs> the guy that is the that is the owner of it is just grumpy and mean and if no, you show up like 15 minutes before he closes he's like get the heck out of here i don't want to serve you you know just an old crudgy <laughs> guy so yep. we call it the mean guy dairy queen so we don't go to we don't go like to go to him too often but he's the he's the only one that's open in the winter but it's a little ways away it's it, it's a, i don't want to give the location because somebody, somebody will go hey you're the mean guy dairy queen guy <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we got sued for libel that's right <laughs> But our Dairy Queen close to here is, is one of those little just ice cream places, and we love it, and we love Dairy Queen. And then I was so thrilled when when uh, Sam Allen said, said told told me about Dairy Queen being being serving um, the the guys back in the fifties when they couldn't get uh, service anywhere else. So uh, I'm a big Dairy Queen guy. So that is my TTM cast stamp for approval. And I think that will close out stamp approval, and we'll go right into the Vern Rap Minute. Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. So we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers, let people know in the world of sports and celebrity who people have passed. So you're not embarrassed by sending out a TTM request to one, one of the, these guys. And uh, we've lost a bunch of people in the world of celebrity and sports and music this week. We lost Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell played center uh, in the ABA and NBA from 1965 to 1969. He was the 25th pick in overall in the 1965 draft out of Georgia Tech. He played for New Jersey and Kentucky in the ABA and the New York Knicks in the NBA. He was not a TTMer. Jim Caldwell was 80 years old. Uh, we lost Nate Dorsey this week over in the football world. That's Nate Dorsey as opposed to Nat Dorsey, who later played for the Browns and Vikings. Nate Dorsey played for the Steelers and the Patriots from 1973 to 1975 as a defensive end. Also the Birmingham Americans of the World Football League. Not known to be a TTMer, Nate Dorsey was 72 years old. We lost in the world of uh, music. This I should have given this one to you, Drew. Drew, yeah. why don't you take this one? I'll take the next one. Okay, I mean, both were in the world of music, but yeah, we'll go with the, I'll take this one. Uh, Ike Wiley, the founding drummer of the Daz Band. You might know the song Let It Whip. He played on that one. Uh, he was 69 years old. And then uh, we lost a legend, uh, a singer, an actor, uh, an activist, uh, Harry Belafonte. He was 96 years old. He was, um, 
you know, a civil rights guy, right? In the, in the yep. 60s and uh, Deo, right? Daylight Comedy, that was his, his big song. And he was in all sorts of movies. And, and uh, Harry Belafonte was 96 years old. Had a little bit of a uh, resurgence in his career there when his music was used in Beetlejuice in the late 80s as well. Yeah, and I think he, when Obama was president, I think he was yes. friends with Obama and I think he was tied in with, a, with with Obama in one way. And I think that brought him to the forefront as well. Yes. We lost the oldest living medalist. He was a bronze medalist in the long jump in the 1948 Olympics. Helsinki? Was that Helsinki? I think 48 was Helsinki, yes. I think so too. His name was Herb Douglas. He was 99 years old, the oldest living uh, medalist. He was a bronze long jumper in the 1948 Olympics. Herb Douglas was 99. Uh, we lost Ken Potts as well. Uh, historical note right there. He was uh, one of the final living survivors of the USS Arizona, which, of course, was the ship that was attacked in Pearl Harbor, at least the main one that was in Pearl Harbor there that sunk. Ken Potts was 102 years old. Imagine that. He lived through that, and he lived all the way to 102. Good for him. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's an awesome life. Uh, we lost Lee Goodman. Lee Goodman is the was the British judge on Dancing with the Stars. He uh, was he'd been judge up until last year. He got um, bone cancer, I believe. He had some oh, type wow. of cancer, um, and he passed away. Uh, he was in hospice. Lee Goodman was seventy eight years old. We also lost a, a former mayor of Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, you might know him more though as a talk show host, Mr. Jerry Springer died this week he was 79 years old i feel like we need a jerry jerry jerry, jerry. no it, jerry springer like if you remember you're married married with children yes jerry springer had a couple episodes where he he was on married with children and he was like he was like the talk so talk show host but he played this like real liberal wussy talk show host <laughs> and they the guys just really gave it to him and he he was really he was funny in it um Jerry Spring was was funny, and he he's the one that started all that those crazy, uh, I don't know, battle battle uh, talk show, right? I don't know. What yeah, pretty trashy, much. Yeah, trash, trashy talk shows. Yeah. Hey, we lost Martha Marrero. Uh, she was a pitcher from in the girls uh, all girls American Baseball League from 1948 to 1953. She pitched for the. Fort Wayne Daisies and a couple other teams in 1951. She went uh, 19 and eight with the Fort Wayne Daisies. She was a, a Cuban. She was a, 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 one of the one of the Cuban players uh, in the league. Martha Marrero was uh, 92 years old. Oh, we lost a Dennis either Ribant, Ribant, something like that. I think it's Ribant. Ribant. Okay. He was a pitcher for uh, from 1964 to 1969. Bounced around to several teams. They're mostly famous as a member of the Mets early on from 64 to 66. After that, bounced around to the Pirates, the Tigers, the White Sox, the Cardinals, and the Reds. Had an 11-9 record there with the Mets in 66. 24-29 record overall across his major league career. Excellent TTM or two. Dennis Rybent was 81 years old. And finally, we lost a former National League MVP. He was MVP in 1960, uh, the year that they won the World Series. We're talking about Dick Brote. He played for the Pirates, the Cardinals, and the Phillies from 1955 to 1967. He went to Duke, and he also played for the Detroit Pistons in the NBA. So one of the few uh, guys that played in the uh, both the M Major League Baseball and the NBA. He was, uh, I believe he was a guard, right? Wasn't he a, a yes. guard for, yep. for the uh, Pistons? Uh, he was a great TTMer, outstanding TTMer. Uh, Dick Grote was uh, 92 years old. Well, that wraps up um, our Vern Rap Minute. Our sympathy and condolences go to anyone, anyone that lost someone this week. Um, and 
Drew, I think it's time to talk a little returns. I think so. Okay. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. TTM returns. So Drew and I, we're kind of on this sliding scale of returns, right? We have a good week. We have a bad week. We have a good week. We have a bad week. So I, I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll say mine was an okay week. Drew, yours was an okay week. We both had four returns. You have a couple more coming today. Um, did, Jen, did Jen bring your returns in? Uh, no, it's pouring rain out here, so she's just out of the mailbox, and I don't blame her in the slightest for that. All right, because so, uh, Drew was going to rip open a couple of ones that he's came, had come back today, but so he won't do that. So, one, Drew, one, I'll do my four returns, then you can do your four, four returns, and then we'll wrap up the show if that works for you. That sounds good. Okay, so I got a return. Let's see, I got um, three football and one hockey. The three football ones, I got Randy McMillan, who was a running back for the Colts. He signed his 84. 80- Three and 84 tops cards he signed it in a blue pen with his number took a couple weeks to come back but uh, randy mcmillan two cards i got jeff gossett who was a punter for the kansas city chiefs he signed his name and number in uh, blue sharpie he signed this was his 83 tops card took a couple weeks and uh it was very i love it's an inaction card and i love getting in action cards for football because nice. remember in uh, the t- top football in the 70s and 80s was not good. <laughs> but so I, anytime you get an inaction card, it's very good. I got uh, Louis Kelcher, who's a defensive tackle with the uh, Chargers. He signed his 83 tops card uh, and blue Sharpie. Took a couple weeks. And lastly, I got uh, Pierre LaRoche, who was a center with the Penguins. He signed his 76 and 77 tops card in black sharpie with his number and that one took a couple weeks as well so those are my four returns i got a bunch of i got a lot of cards out there so i got a lot of stuff that i'm kind of waiting on um but we'll see it's like we're it's, we're doing this on uh went on on friday the 28th so we're, we're a couple we got a couple days early right drew that, yep. that we might get the rest of the week but we will put them out next week and make sure you uh, check out my article my weekly article that outlines all my ttm returns in sports collectors daily it usually publishes on uh tuesday or wednesday so uh, if you want to see the pictures of all my ttm returns you can check that out in sports collectors daily drew how'd you get what'd you get mine mine was just the opposite you had three football one hockey i had three hockey and one football (laughs) so funny how that worked out but uh the first one i got was on wednesday got Former defensive back from the Browns, the Vikings, and he may have been with the Ravens after that. I'm not really, I don't remember for certain, but uh, Mr. Corey Fuller, member of the uh, inaugural 1999 Browns, played about three or four seasons with them. He signed two cards I sent to him. It's about a four to six month turnaround. It was a little bit of a wait, but it got here. That's all that matters. Moving on into the hockey world, got three editions for my 88-89 top set. Got uh, Craig Hartsburg, who was a defenseman for the Minnesota North Stars, later went on to be a coach of several teams. I think he was head coach for a bit in Anaheim. He was an assistant in, I want to say, Ottawa and Philly and maybe a couple other places. I know uh, Columbus as well, if I remember right. Uh, that took maybe about a week or two on the turnaround there. Uh, goaltender Don Beaupre, who played with the Minnesota North Stars, Washington sure. Capitals, with the Senators for a little bit, maybe a couple other teams in there. He signed three cards, took about a two-week turnaround on that as well. You and I have been on a big uh, Minnesota North Stars kick, haven't we? Yeah, I've had several of them that I've sent I've out. Had a, so I've had back. a bunch in the last couple of weeks, too. Yeah. I think I've got a couple more I need to mail off to here pretty soon. So just going to keep them on and keep them coming there. 
Last one that I got was Bernie Federko, Hockey Hall of Famer. For I played mostly with the Blues, finished his career with the Red Wings. Signed two out of the three cards that I sent. I think he may just be a two-per signer at this point, which I'm perfectly happy with that. He signed my 88-89 uh, set card there at the very least. So that's what mattered most to me. It took about a two-week turnaround on that. Excuse me. <laughs> really, uh, really lost it right there somehow. <laughs> and yeah, the two that I'm supposed to get in today, uh, probably down waiting in the mailbox. And if I feel like trying to dodge the raindrops, I'll go out and get those. And if not, I'll just grab them tomorrow. But uh, Alan Peterson, former member of the Bruins as a defenseman, he's... Yep. Uh, should be in there as uh, should uh, Ken Anderson, who I know you just got in last week. Yeah. Mailed He's off his a great card. TTMer, isn't he? He's a great. He TTMer. is. Yes. Great TTMer and a guy who should be in the hall of fame. So hopefully they make that right pretty soon and put him in because I've got his side rookie card sitting down in my mailbox right now. Very cool. Congratulations. Well, Drew, that wraps up our returns. Well, I think we'll wrap up the show. What do you think? Yeah, I think that sounds good. And this is how it ends. All right, let's wrap it up. Hey, I want to thank Sam Allen and Russell Savage from 757shows.com for joining us. Make sure you, if you check it out, 757shows.com, you can check all their um, their shows, including the one that come up on May 6th. And if you want to get any of their guys that are signing uh, that show, I would get it out in the next day or two. Um, you know, by Tuesday, I would think, and you, you, you can still get those guys that are signing uh check out the prices on, on his website it's a it's a, a great show and it's good i love supporting russell and i also love talking to sam allen about uh, his time in the negro league also i want to thank Les wolf for an outstanding segment once again love to have Les and get his expertise i want to thank danny black who was on our show last on wednesday uh from uh, hobbydailynews.com make sure you check that out Next Wednesday, we have Bob Weiss, who played uh, for the Chicago Bulls and the 76ers and a bunch of uh, other teams, as well as coached a bunch of teams, including the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about his time in the NBA as player and coach and talk to him about signing autographs as well. That will be next Wednesday on TTM Cast one-on-one. Next Saturday, we have Connor Warren from BuySportsCards.com. I think they have 16, six and a half million cards now, Drew. Nice. Uh, on their site and now uh, we talked to Con- connor about uh his website and in, in, in the hobby as well and we're going to have clemente lise on to talk about uh review the nhl playoffs where we are in the nhl playoffs how whose uh, values he's seen increased and in, uh, any new releases from upper deck in terms of hockey cards so we're going to talk to him i'm sure we'll talk to him about ha uh, uh, national uh, hockey card league day and uh anything else that's going on maybe we'll talk to him about t- tim horton he, he's usually pretty good about getting those those cards as well. So we have Wednesday, next Wednesday, Bob Weiss, next Saturday, Connor Warren and uh, Clemente Lise. We have great stuff for you guys. I have all sorts of interviews planned uh, that, that are scheduled with um, famous uh, former athletes. Um, I have one uh, rock and roll one that's going to be fun. Yes. In, in june you know about that one right drew i think i, told I do you i know that. you mentioned it there and i'm i'm waiting for that one that yep was... so we're gonna have we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a nice rock and roll guy we're gonna talk to in june so i have an interview they're actually out they're out on, in europe right now doing a tour and when he comes back we're gonna ha- have an interview i think we're gonna have like three or four people got from the band so it's gonna be it, you better be involved in that one because i need i need some help in music you know <laughs> <laughs> i'll see what i can do i'll come with some stuff that'll that'll work well for it I so that'll be coming up we're having fun we i love talking to you guys love talking to drew we uh, love to get feedback send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com yep guys keep on smiling all right ha- many happy returns to everyone see you guys on wednesday be good hey.